Hey everybody, welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley and I'm very excited for this week's show because I get to talk action movies, one of my very favorite genres. And not just any action movies, underrated action movies. So this is right in my sweet spot. And of course I'm joined for this very special heavy action installment of F This Movie by a man of action, a man of intrigue, a man of passion, Mr. Adam Risky. Thank you for having me on the show, Patrick. <laughs> oh, I've been joined by... I'm a Euro-trash villain. G- German Euro-trash Adam Risky, because he's been watching too many action movies. So many jumpsuits <laughs> <laughs> for my henchmen. <laughs> so the plan for the show this week is we are going to name 10 of the biggest action stars. Not yes. necessarily the 10 biggest. Yeah, we should do the caveat now before people hit oh, up the Oh, of comments. course. Where's Chuck Norris? Where's, Where's Chuck Charles Norris? Bronson? Where's Charles Bronson? Keanu Reeves? Right. Harrison Ford? Where's uh, 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 Dudikoff? Yeah. There's a few <laughs> that... Adkins. We, we just had to make some choices because otherwise yeah. this show would be like 70 hours long. And we would have killed ourselves preparing for it. Yeah. Because... So it was funny because at first we were like, well, Keanu Reeves does a lot of comedies and dramas and so right. does Harrison Ford. And then like, but we still have like a couple guys who do a ton of dramas also. True. So we're like, we just made up the rules. <laughs> There's no hard and fast rule. I don't necessarily immediately think of Keanu as an action star. Even though, as yeah. I said, I think in an email to you, yes, he's in, in like four of the best action movies ever made, right? Yeah, and he's got some like hidden gems like The Man of Tai Chi right. and all that stuff. Like he, he knows what he's Chain doing. Chain Reaction. I still haven't seen it. It's not very good. Okay. I was so excited to see it. Yeah. Not very good. Yeah. Would that, not have been on this list. That's summer of 96, man. Yeah. It's a summer of broken dreams. Summer of the Phantom. It was. Yes. Uh, start there? <laughs> sure. So we're going to talk action movies in just a little bit. But first, Adam Risky, have you seen anything good lately? Yeah. Um, so I'll I'll get into your, your birthday-a-thon in a moment. But I, like, watched 10 action movies since Wednesday. Yes. And I was, like, my eyeballs were falling out of my head <laughs> because it's just too much... Like, okay, so it all started with I watched Romeo Must Die, okay. and I was like Jones for, for more action. For the column. For the column. Ran with today Alejandra. with Alejandra. Yes. And he, I just Alejandra. got a taste. Alejandra. <laughs> I got a taste Which for is how more. Wishmaster says it. Alejandra. Alejandra. <laughs> <laughs> Can I borrow your cellular phone? Have you pay for the call? Um, so I was, after Romeo Must Die, like, changed my life, I was <laughs> just ready for Had you never action. seen it? No, I, this was, like, my third time. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. No, I just hadn't seen it in a really long time. I had, like, the Snapcase DVD of nice. it. Yeah. And I, it was back in one piece. <laughs> um, so, like, I wanted more. And then, like, I came to you with this idea because mm-hmm. every time I read these heavy action columns that you do, which I love, I'm just like, man... He did Sudden Death. I'll probably never be able to do a show on Sudden Death with him because I know everything he's going to say about mm. Sudden Death. You'd, you'd be surprised. So that's the thing. So this is like, ugh, it's the, the it's something I wanted yeah, yeah. so bad. So I, I got it. <laughs> now I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> like a dog chasing be a fire truck. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so this is I, your wish, Master <laughs> Wish. This is how he turned it around on you. You're going to be so sick of action movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like what I saw Wishmaster 2. Exactly. Like, this is right. not this is not what I want. He twisted it on you. Yeah. So, um 
So I, I my thirst was definitely quenched with these ten. I could take a break for a little while yeah. after this for for action movies. So this afternoon I went to my DVR and I'm like, what is not action that I mm-hmm. could watch? Mm-hmm. And I had um, taped off of MGM HD. I had Dream Lover with James Spader and Machen Amick. Have you ever seen it? There's some action in that movie. There there is some action in it. My memory, and I just saw it for the first time a couple of years ago. Okay, is that it's like half to two thirds of an awesome movie. Okay. And then in the end, it's kind of like, huh? This is. And then it gets kind of ugly in the last few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the whole thing is kind of, huh? But like. Sure. It's I don't know fun. why I was so invested in the first two no, thirds. No, and no, I'm not saying it like I disagree with you. I'm saying it like I think I liked it even more than you did. <laughs> <laughs> like, so it. Okay. And th- just the whole time, I was. I was just like so fascinated because this is like a movie that could not exist in 2018 because no, no. it is very like women are pariahs. They'll ruin your life mm-hmm. and everything like that. It's this honest man who just wants love. And if only this woman would, but like it's right. it, the performances are like, it's total spader on autopilot, but yeah. like doing his thing. Right. And Machen Amick is like, I don't have a whole lot of familiarity with her work. I know of her, but I wasn't a Twin Peaks guy, so Sleepwalkers was mostly my intro to Machen Amick, and I was really like impressed by her femme fatale thing. I yeah. thought she was really good. Yeah, and um, yeah, the end. I won't spoil the ending, <laughs> but the ending that you mentioned, I mean, it's like so mean spirited yes. and crazy, and the way that it's kind of shot it makes it look like it's gonna immediately go into the crypt keeper talking at the end <laughs> where he's just like it looks like lena got a little bit more than she was in store for it's just like now robert will have because there's all these like weird like car- carnival yes like, things yeah. that happen that don't make any sense and like larry miller's in it and like i don't I know how larry, about that i don't know how larry miller's not like exhausted by the end of the day just being larry miller <laughs> <laughs> like i saw um it was weird too because i just saw like an old episode of law and order where he was the manager of a comedy club and he put out a hit on his wife wow I and then seen he couldn't get arrested because of like a double jeopardy thing oh. It's Clever like bastard. Double Jeopardy before Double Jeopardy right. ripped the screens <laughs> in 99. Um, so, yeah, I kind of like MGM HD is like how I judge romance. Because <laughs> like everything like I, I've watched more romances on MGM HD than I think I've had dates in the past few years. <laughs> so like. I, everything is just like through this this view so i'm just like i'm tamed heart i'm like right love is eternal baboon heart well it's baboon a great heart, channel for yeah. like stumbling upon oh god it's these, great like, for that catalog movies that just yeah. slipped by you because mgm didn't know how to get a movie out in the 90s yeah. and 80s so yeah, it's all this stuff that like would be olive kino releases right stuff it's like all the that. stuff i would have rented it as a two for one tuesday at mm-hmm. ken's world of video or a video update yeah so i i I dvr'd at close range that'll be my next one that's a good one stuff so yeah mgm hd is like the only reason i keep my cable (laughs) because i love it it's like the greatest station ever and also because they only play like 40 movies so like if you miss it one month you're like i can always get you back right to the mob and stuff like that and for a while and they might still do this they would show like hd transfers of stuff that you can't yeah find elsewhere yeah um, I remember them showing 
Vicious Lips, an old Albert Pion movie mm-hmm. in HD, like years ago, and now it's out on Blu-ray from Scream Factory because, like, if you wait long enough, everything will be. But uh, yeah. at the time, it wasn't even out on DVD, and they were showing it in HD. It was pretty rad. Question for you: What up? Because you're the world's most authority on Toby Hooper. Mm, uh, no, but go ahead. All right. Well, of the people that I know, <laughs> well, that might be true. Okay. Um, Machen Amick was in a TV movie that he directed with Anthony Perkins. I'm should I dangerous seek, tonight. Should I seek it out? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not great. But okay. Not. I don't need great. It's about a haunted dress. I just need Dream Lover. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, no, it was. I enjoyed Dream Lover. Yeah. It was just what I wanted this yeah. afternoon. So, um, saw that, and then uh, everything else I've been watching has been for articles or for this right. show right, right. or like stuff I've written about already. So, um, thankfully, on Saturday you had some folks over, yes. and like we watched a few movies for your birthday. And I'm sorry I couldn't stay for Life Force because no, I was okay. just I'd seen it and I was just tired. And yeah, I had a like. I had Judge Dredd to finish at home <laughs> and stuff like that. Life Force, by the way, is a hard movie to watch when you're tired. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that. Yeah, you need. it's like trying to get on the treadmill after right. you've already been on the treadmill right, for right, like right. 70 hours. <laughs> um, so, I, uh, so we started with The Phantom. Yes. And The Phantom is awesome. Yes, it is. And uh, the funny thing was, between The Phantom and all these action movies I've been watching, I was recalling all these HBO first looks that I had seen, (laughs) because there'd be like a scene where I'm just like, that's an HBO first look scene. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, but The Phantom's great. It's something, it's like a movie I'm chasing all the time, because I want like The Legend of Tarzan to be The Phantom, or I want like all these other movies to be The Phantom. And then like, you watch The Phantom, and it's just like perfect... Saturday afternoon yeah. serial adaptation and everything. And I remember when it came out, I was really confused because that was like when Pogs were really <laughs> like popular. Do you okay. remember Pogs? I remember them. I was okay. So like too old to they had Pogs them. and then they had Slammers, right? And on the poster for Slam Phantom, Evil for the Phantom, it said Slam Evil, mm-hmm. and it was in like all these magazines that I would buy at like comic book stores or baseball mm-hmm. card stores and stuff. So I'm just like, is this like Pogs related? <laughs> and then like when Phantom came out, I'm just like, but there are Phantom Pogs. So yeah. it's like this how I'm supposed to Slam Evil and stuff. Slam but, Evil is one of my favorite taglines ever, yeah, and yeah. I wanted to see the movie specifically because the poster was just him punching and it said slam evil yeah and it's such a bummer because the movie is just was released out of time you know people didn't know that character people were not interested in something old-fashioned comic book movies were not really a thing i don't think people totally knew how to like take the tone of it because it's kind of funny and a little bit campy but also pretty sincere yeah the marketing didn't help because i loved slam evil but your average person is gonna be like what slam evil why would i see that so it's a movie that i think now can be much better appreciated than 20 years ago yes yes i would agree with that and yeah billy zane's fun lead and williams is a blast as the villain and james ramar is awesome in it yeah, he's, <laughs> I, I think he's cool i like him i think he's i'm like, always happy to see him show like up i forgot he was good, in judge dread actually yeah he's not in enough judge no. Dredd. um yeah and then Catherine zeta jones that was like her big movie debut kind of well no because she had made some other movies but that was like when people first kind of took notice okay. but it really wasn't until mm-hmm. mask of zorro which is i 
there probably has been a phantom since the phantom but like mask of zorro is a really good phantom yeah you know it's like that's exactly what i want that yes. is a really great saturday afternoon adventure movie totally and that was the movie that made her a star yeah and it had khaki christy swanson it did uh, there's nothing wrong with khaki <laughs> christy swanson the studio originally wanted Paige turco are you serious? April O'Neil from Ninja Turtles 2, for those of you who don't know. But that turtle heat had dissipated by then. <laughs> I don't know why they were keen on Paige Turco, yeah, but that's who they wanted. She was on, was she on NYPD Blue? Did oh, I don't know. She was on a soap opera. Yeah, she was on some television stuff, like after Turtles 2. Okay. Did not make it to Turtles 3 somehow. No. Or wait a minute, maybe she did. Was April O'Neil in Turtles 3? I don't 3? remember. Ugh. I've seen Turtles 3 once, Okay. and I remember being keenly aware that everyone's scenes were shot separately it was like watching a robert rodriguez movie <laughs> where you could tell none of these people were together yeah. at the same time yeah 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 and the turtles look sick they do they they've developed weird spots yeah and they're traveling in time which is i guess what you do when you get to the third movie i don't know send them back in time mm, that's why beverly hills cop 3 was not very good <laughs> Uh, and then we watched uh, uh, Hot Rod. Yes, we did. I had never seen Hot Rod. Did you like Hot Rod? I thought it was really funny. Yes. It, it, uh, I remember you described it once as like one of those comedies where it feels like they're getting away with something. Yeah. And it definitely had that Billy Madison yeah. kind of vibe to it where it's just like... Yeah, it could have either gone like one way or the other way, like because it was just a bunch of dudes with the fuck arounds, right, and like right. luckily it's hilarious, <laughs> right? And I, yeah, I was I, I was on board with it the whole time, but I think it went up to that like three and a half star out mm -hmm. of four for me when Chris Parnell showed up because oh, he is so funny and his whole arc yeah. about bringing back <laughs> AM radio. So that, I think that was the first time I had yeah. seen it since yeah. the theater. So some of that stuff was that musical number in the street that becomes a riot. Like, yeah. I had completely forgotten that. So that was a very happy surprise. Like, <laughs> oh, right. This is a thing. Yeah. Uh, there were moments that I remembered, especially the falling down the hill. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of it felt new to me because I hadn't seen it in so long. Yeah, I dug it. It was really, it was a fun <laughs> discovery. Um, My son asked to watch it again yesterday. Oh, yeah? And uh, thinks Danny McBride is very funny. He can be. Well, in this movie specifically. I mean, yeah. I don't know if he always thinks he's five. I haven't yeah. shown him the foot fist way, but he keeps quoting Rico lines. And then every <laughs> once in a while, I will hand him something and he'll throw it on the ground and say, I threw it on the ground. Which is not from Hot Rod, everyone listening, but we watched the music video before him. Yeah. If you want him uh, quoting more Rico lines, you should yeah. watch Judge Dredd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a Doug. That's a Doug quote right there. Yeah, I, don't want to I know that's a Doug. I don't <laughs> want to steal he's, he's got that sweet Armand Asante reference. Yeah, he's just like, tell me something, Joseph. <laughs> um, we'll get to Judge <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we watched Welcome Home Brother Charles. Yeah, we did. By, is it Jama or Jana Fanaka? Jama. Jama Fanaka. Jama Fanaka. And I, he just got on my radar recently <laughs> because um, I listened to the Movie Madness podcast and they were talking oh, okay. about penitentiary. Oh, right, right, right. And uh, that was a Jama Fanaka joint. Right. And yeah, so I was kind of like, you know, curious enough to like want to watch one of his movies. So it just was like, you know, kismet that like Welcome Home Brother Charles was one. I remember you talking about it during June's Exploitation last year. Yeah. 
And yeah, it's really weird and cool. <laughs> like, I don't know how to compartmentalize it because it was like a different movie kind of every like half hour almost. Sure. Yeah. Um, and like where it's one of those movies where like you picture where it starts and then where it ends and you're like, how do we get from here to here? Right. But it's like great. It's yeah. awesome. It reminded me of, um, and I, I don't mean to be lazy because it's another black exploitation movie, but like it reminded me kind of of like Brother from Another Planet, where like okay. you don't know. It, it's just, you just have to follow its rhythm. You right. just have to go with it. And like it's a fun trip if you do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, by the end of it, I was not expecting it to end where it ended. I won't yeah. spoil it, but yeah. I was just like. Wow, we got real serious all of a sudden. Like yeah. it really knocks you out. Um, but well, I liked it. Yeah. So I, I think it's like I tweeted out that I thought it was one of the best movies of the seventies, and I think people think that I'm joking because mm-hmm. there is a thing in it that's one of the craziest things you'll ever see in a yeah. movie. Um, but I'm, to- I'm totally serious. Um, and yesterday was discussing that last scene with Jan. And she had a couple possible interpretations for it. And it, honestly, the conversation we were having reminded me not to put too much weight on it. But like when people would ask Spike Lee, <laughs> your favorite question, did Mookie do the right thing? Yeah. And he says, you know, when I show this movie with a black audience, nobody asked me that question. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I was kind of reminded of because I yeah. felt like, oh, there's only one interpretation for this as far as I'm concerned, given mm-hmm. who the movie was for and when it was made. Yeah. Uh, but we could talk about that. Offline. Off mic, yeah, Off mic. so that we're not ruining anything. But uh, the movie did just come out on Blu-ray from Vinegar Syndrome. Thank you so much for that because, mm-hmm. man, I love it. So everyone should check it out. Yes. So and then we watched Life Force. And- Life Force is cool. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it again because I think that if from like two years ago till now, I am more attuned to the delights of a Toby Hooper movie. Sure. Cause yeah, yeah. like I watched the fun house again at the music box of horrors right. and liked it more than I had awesome. previously. Yeah. So I'm, I'm willing to go next with life force. All right, cool. One. So yeah, cool. Um, I have two that I will talk about very briefly. Do I even talk about these two? Well, you already teed it up. Um, yeah, good point. And so, uh, besides a lot of action movies, I watched a movie called Mon 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 Monsters, which just premiered on Shudder. Okay. It's a Chinese film mm-hmm. about a group of teenagers who get their hands on a zombie, sort of. It's like part zombie, part vampire. It's a monster, you know. There's two of them, basically, and they grab one of them and, and chain her up and mess around with her and torture her and bully her. And Have you ever seen Dead Girl? I know of it. I haven't okay. seen it. It reminded me a whole lot of Dead Girl. Like, there's oh, some okay. really interesting stuff. So it's like the woman, almost? A little bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're all kind of yeah. working in a similar territory. Yeah. Um, I thought the most interesting stuff in the movie actually had to do with the monsters themselves, who they managed to make sympathetic mm-hmm. in, in similar ways to the woman or dead girl, but also in, in ways that are kind of different. I mean, the movie like has a lot of energy and I was never bored by it, but so are the monsters like a allegory for something. I mean, think? or is sure. it just kind of a straight ahead? No, they are. I mean, okay. the whole movie is just kind of about like yeah. bullying is bad. Mm. Um, so, which I was a lesson I needed. Yeah. Let's face it. Um, sometimes when I watch these movies, I want them to, be crazy in a way where I'm like, I've never seen this before. 
And weirdly enough, for as much outrageous shit as happens in Mon 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 Monsters, mm-hmm. I just felt like I'd seen it before, yeah. which is a weird place to be. I wasn't sure if you were going to say Mon 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 Monsters or if you were trying to say like Mon Uncle, but you couldn't get to it. <laughs> <laughs> you were just like stuttering. Uh, I wish. And okay. then I watched The Little Hours, which just showed oh, up on yeah. Amazon Prime. I saw The Little Hours. I wanted to like it more than I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, like... It's fine. Yeah. I, I like the cast a lot. I mean, Aubrey Plaza is doing Aubrey Plaza, and I like her a lot. Thank but God for Ingrid Goes West, because exactly. it's able to like keep you on board with Aubrey Plaza. Right, yeah. and finds an outlet for her weirdness the way that like Punch Drunk Love did yeah. for Adam Sandler. Yeah. Um, I like Kate McCucci. Obviously, I love Allison Brie, mm-hmm. uh, John C. Riley. It reminded me of... Uh, an improv show where people got a hold of swearing and then thought that just the fact that they're saying fuck is funny. Yeah. I mean, I, so I expected that to be the, the only joke Yeah, and it's not exactly, but the only joke is that it's anachronistic basically, you know, like, Hey, they're these nuns from years and years and years ago and they're talking like we do now. Yeah. Crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was fine. It was short. It ended and I was like, so long. Oh, I saw it in the theater. So that might be a difference. It wrapped up and I was like, okay, I, I don't know. It's not a movie that I see myself thinking about mm-hmm. ever again after this conversation i feel bad i really wanted to like it it was the the opening film at the chicago critics film festival it last was. year yeah. and they have a good track record and i'm sure you know had i seen it in that audience with the director and aubrey plaza and kate mccucci all there like mm-hmm. the audience is going to be a little more primed to laugh maybe i would have enjoyed it more mm-hmm. um but yeah i thought it was just like yeah it was no Menashe. It I've not seen Menashe, so I will take your word for it. Yeah, you is need Man- to, for Friday Night Double Features Menashe and Disobedience. Wow, mm-hmm. when is that coming out? By the way, Disobedience, yeah, like first weekend of May. It's a summer joint. It is a summer joint. <laughs> yeah. Is it Avenger, counter-programming Avengers. to Avengers? No, Avengers isn't a summer joint. Avengers no, you're is right. more it's of coming. a spring fling. Yeah, it's taking that Fast and Furious spot. Mm-hmm. They're mm. like. The Hasidic Jewish love story that was so hot it scorched four months of summer. <laughs> All right, let's talk about action movies. Not that obedient. One of my favorite things to talk about, uh, besides horror movies, is action movies. Yeah. I love, love, love action movies. And so we're going to go through uh, some of the, the biggest action stars and each name a film that we feel is perhaps underrated. Mm-hmm. In some cases, <laughs> this is very easy. Yeah. In other cases, this is almost impossible. Yeah. It was fun to discover that. Like, as I was going through <laughs> filmographies on a couple of these fellas, I was just like, where are your underrated? Yeah. I thought they were here, but no, they're not we here. We kept texting each other like, is this movie underrated? Yeah. We had to, I, we had to do a few permission. Co- we had to do like a few course corrections <laughs> oh, where we yes. were just like, I'm halfway through this, and I don't think I can make it through Hostage again. <laughs> well, so that was the worst part of this. It yeah. wasn't watching 10 underrated action movies. That would be fun. Yeah. It was watching the wrong ones <laughs> to see, maybe this is the one, yeah. and then realizing, oh, no, it's not the one. And now yeah. I just spent 90 minutes watching Armed Response, <laughs> and uh, it's did, not a good feeling. Did you have more that you watched and enjoyed more than before or enjoyed less than before like Hmm. overall what do you think like happened more often with you 
I don't know if I enjoyed any of them more than before. Maybe one. Yeah, I think there was a couple for me that I didn't I rewatch more. everything mm-hmm. on my list. Um, everything else I feel like was either I enjoyed it. Like the ones that ended up on my list, I enjoyed as much as before. Yeah. The ones that were not on my list, I enjoyed a little bit less. Like okay. um, there was a, a Seagal movie mm-hmm. that I thought was going to be my pick because I remember liking it. Mm-hmm. And when I rewatched it, I was like, this is not my pick. Yeah. And I don't like this as much as I thought. Yeah. That's too bad. I had one, I had that with one of my picks, but it stayed All on right. my list. Okay. Oh so boy. We'll get to it because I don't it. think it's a total wash, but we'll get there. All right. So um, who we who do you want to start with? Well, I'll I'll pick one and then you pick one. We'll Sounds go there. good. All right. So All right. I'm gonna go with Ooh, doing this blind, everyone. All right. Let's start with JCVD. JC. JC. Okay. So Jean Claude Van Damme was one of the easier ones for me because I feel like there are a lot of movies of his that aren't considered to most moviegoers as all-timers. He certainly has a few, but there's a lot that were just kind of, you know, pleasant surprises Mm -hmm. along the way. So I had a lot to choose from. I ended up, uh, I started with Universal Soldier The Return, (laughs) and then upon 40 minutes of rewatching that, I'm just like, this is a a sci-fi movie, which is pleasant and fun, but at the same time, I could do so much better. So I went back to 1993's Nowhere to Run, yes, which I was shocked to read in the IMDb trivia that both screenwriter Joe Esterhaus and Jean Claude Van Damme both hate the out the the final product of which I think is insane because I think it's by far one of his best movies and it's terrific. Yeah, you and I have always been in the tank for this movie. Yeah, I'm a big big fan of Nowhere to Run. Yes, I I love I this will be a recurring theme. I love the going country actioner. <laughs> um it, I think it's a formula that could work for almost any star. Mm-hmm. Um and Van Damme is better at it the most because He's got kind of that innate sensitivity, I mm-hmm. think, that he can bring to a movie mm-hmm. that some of these other guys can't. Um, I think it's got a great villain, and that really goes a long way. Yeah. I think Ted Levine is like, it's like, you know, this was his next big shot after like kind of making an impression in Silence of the Lambs, and he like really chews it up. I wish they didn't do the magic thing with his playing cards, because <laughs> like... Spoiler, a villain dies in one of these movies. So, so spoiler, when he's dead at the end of Nowhere to Run, then like the Joker or something, like a pack of playing cards shoots out of his chest. Although it does lead into one of the greatest kiss-off lines ever, which is, Au revoir, fucker. It's great. It's it's like it's no one put any thought into it, and that's why it's so great. Well, there's some other ones earlier, like... Van Damme hits a guy over the face with like a piece of lumber and he says, strike three, you're out. And I'm like, no, that's not how baseball <laughs> is at all. If anything, you're just like, I got a hit. Right. Yeah. Um, I like the underlying farmhouse sex heat oh, that's yeah. happening in that movie. With the, with the Culkin, are you talking about? No. Oh, damn it. No. But ever since I saw this movie, I just wanted Van Damme to adopt all the Culkins sure. and raise them because sure. he seems like he would be a good dad. In that movie, yeah. Yeah, just Not a Culkins. Every movie. Just a Culkins. Sure. Just uh, Sudden Death, he seems like he would be a good dad, too. He <laughs> goes to, like, a lot of trouble yeah. to make his kid happy. Yeah, he's like, whatever you do, stay in your seats. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I love that movie. It's fantastic. But uh, Nowhere to Run or Sudden Death? Both of them. Oh, well, sure. Yeah. Um, 
Roseanne but, Arquette scores the movie big, big points for me. She's out of this world yes. in that movie. Yes. Um, yeah, her and Van Damme apparently also did not get along in that movie, which I can get because Van Damme seems kind of like a creep. Yeah, I think he and has he's got some that reputation. Rough years, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I dig it. I mean, like, there's, uh, it's just like a good, simple, well-told story. Yeah, it's just really straightforward. The action scenes are like not crazy over the top, which was kind of refreshing because in a lot of these action movies, they're so crazy that kind of like the stripped down aspects of it is nice it's like oh well okay like i just have to kick these four henchmen in the (laughs) face it's not like i have to you know hold on to this chain while like the crate is falling and things like that so i uh yeah it's a movie i remember i saw in the theaters and it was i think my first van damme that i saw in the theaters okay i was into him like after universal soldier and i had gone back and watched like blood sport and a few movies and i remember i begged my parents i'm like take me to see nowhere to run they took me and um they were still in their phase of closing my eyes at certain parts so like i remember when the love scene happened mm, that's criminal. they closed my eyes and i was really upset and <laughs> yeah. i was like 10 and i was just like and i could hear the music like do you, did you rewatch this no okay so like in the love i'm probably scene, going to though after in the this. love scene they've got like this they got like epic music playing yeah. in the love scene where it's not like just like they're having sex. It's like they really need this. <laughs> like, like this is like a lay that is going to positively affect both of their lives. Like, and I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's a lot of boob eating. I mean, it's just like crazy. <laughs> oh, I wanna, I wanna understand like what's the contract between actors right? with the love scene where he's just like, I'm gonna eat your boobs twice. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. Super weird. So, anyways, I don't know if you're an actor and you know the contract of the boob eating. <laughs> let us know. Let us know in the comments. <laughs> uh, but no, it's just like a really fun good super early 90s actioner and i i dig it and uh yeah that's my pick i i would probably put it in my top five van dams i think Um, it might be in my top three okay yeah i haven't sat down to make that list but it might be in my top three as well it's it's a movie that i think is better now with distance and perspective because in 93 right when it came out Mm -hmm. i can understand people rejecting it a little bit because it's not what most people were going to a Van Damme movie for. Yeah. The stakes are lower. The body count is lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing more acting and less being of a badass. Yeah. Um, so I get it. But now looking at his entire filmography, it stands out for being different, for being better, for having yeah. better writing and a better screenplay and, you know, better actors. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really, really good. Yeah, and I noticed at the beginning, like, when Kieran Culkin thought that Van Damme was an alien. Like, because remember how they have the whole, like, E.T. thing at the Mm -hmm. beginning? But then they drop it. And I'm just kind of like, this movie's brilliant. They are doing the E.T. framework (laughs) if E.T. wanted to bone D. Wallace. He did. Yeah. That's why his neck stretches like that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Van Damme is one of the easiest. your mom. I just had a really dirty joke about I'll be right here. Um, I'm so tired. I'm going to sleep in. So Van Damme was easier for me because I think he's made more good movies than a lot of his contemporaries. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, I think Schwarzenegger has 
a decent number of good movies, but they're not underrated. Like people mm-hmm. love those movies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Van Damme has a bunch that don't get the respect that they deserve. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I think has made more good movies and, and is one of my favorites of all of the action stars. Yeah. I could, I could put on a Van Damme movie, even if with the exception of maybe like, Maximum Risk or Knock Off or something like that. I could put on pretty much any Knock Off is tough, movies. but Maximum yeah. Risk I could definitely do. Okay. It's got the Henstridge factor. Yeah. And it's got two Van Dams, which by the way, he loves playing two Van Dams. Oh, he yeah, plays, does have two Van Dams. He plays about twins that. in a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, and I respect that. Yes. So I went, I went with a, a movie called Wake of Death, mm-hmm. uh, which is one of his direct-to-video movies. I mean, it may have gotten a release um, overseas. It's from 2004, directed by Philippe Martinez. And it's part of sort of his comeback wave, in a way. I mean, it's not a movie that like a, a ton of people know, but you know, late 90s, early 2000s, he kind of bottomed out yeah. uh, and was addicted to substances i mean he had been prior to that as well Mm -hmm. but kind of bottomed out and and started to climb back up and found um a new kind of niche for himself in terms of playing and i feel like every action star does this at a certain point they all start out as like the badass Mm -hmm. and then at a certain point they become like the grizzled tired i've seen some shit uh, like dark action star, you know, and for like Schwarzenegger, it didn't happen till way later. Yeah. End of days, collateral damage. Yeah. Um, Stallone, it's a little different because he almost starts out playing that with First Blood, mm-hmm. but he eventually comes back around to that. Um, Van Damme, I feel like, does it better than probably any of his contemporaries. Yeah. Because he has such sad eyes. He definitely looks like beaten down by yeah. life. Yeah. I mean, especially at this point. And that, yeah. and that's one of the things I think that JCVD is so great about doing is mm-hmm. that it capitalizes on that. Yeah. And you watch that movie and it gives you even greater appreciation for something like Wake of Death because he just seems so sad and you're like, oh, no, I, mm-hmm. he means it. <laughs> um, so Wake of Death is basically he's kind of a, a badass gangster type who wants out and then his wife is murdered mm-hmm. and then he's going to get revenge. And it's like not just him getting revenge. He like calls a bunch of guys. It's a really dark movie. Um, surprisingly violent. Um, but again, I like the, the really kind of straightforwardness of it. It's a little overly stylized in that way that sometimes, some of these foreign action filmmakers who are chasing a little bit of John yeah. Woo can sometimes do, mm-hmm. uh, which by the way, you know, Van Damme brought John Woo to America. So let's give Van Damme credit. He brought Sui Hark over to, well, to lesser, <laughs> to lesser success. success. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. You yeah. know, uh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I don't think it's a great movie. And the reason that, you know, I might've gone with like one of the universal soldier sequels, not the return, yeah. but, yeah. um, the other two are great. Regeneration is like, regeneration. regeneration is amazing. And then Dave, Reck- so is Dave Reckoning, but in a, yeah. they're totally different genres. Yeah. Almost. It's great. It's kind of funny. Like if you would have told me in 1992, that the Universal Soldier franchise would be better than the Terminator franchise on the whole. Yeah. I would three good movies, I'd right? Be like you're not four. 
Uh, the well, return uh, is pretty uh, fun. And there were like two made for sci-fi ones that I never saw. Yeah, I didn't. They see don't those. star any of the original cast. But and I and I like too. And I wish he would have stayed on this path. He seems to have gone back to making kind of crappy, uh, straightforward action movies. Not that that's bad. You know, mm-hmm. Pound of Flesh is fine. Or what's the one that he made with? Stargate. Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, there were a bunch that I could choose from, but yeah. there was a, a moment in time there. Expendables 2. I mean, mm. he crushes it. Enemies Closer. Enemies Closer, which yeah. you had brought up. Um, th- so there was a really kind of fun, playful side to Van Damme that we were going to start to see. Yeah. I haven't watched Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Um, I watched the first episode, the okay. one that they were using to test if they right. were going to get a full run, right. and I was underwhelmed. Okay, was. It, whatever. What? And I granted, I haven't seen the rest of the season, or now it's canceled, but I haven't seen right. the series. But uh, what you are getting there, you could get better in JCVD. Okay. Okay. So it felt kind of repetitive. But he did like a comedic turn in Welcome to the Jungle, which isn't a great movie, but again, he's the best thing about it. So sure. I thought we were graduating out of sad Van Damme and into like funny Van Damme, mm-hmm. the way he is in, in Enemies Closer. But uh, yeah. I, have, um, I haven't seen Wake of Death, but I have it on a triple DVD with In Hell and yeah. Derailed. Yeah. Uh, should I watch all three of them? Um, yes to In Hell, which okay. is, I believe, Ringo Lam. Okay. Um, Derailed is rough. Okay. <laughs> derailed right. is derailed and the hardcore with Vivica A. Fox are like rough. <laughs> Core is C O R P S, by the way. J C F O Um so <laughs> that is an amazing joke. Um so yes to the other two. Um, yeah, that DVD is real shitty though. Like that's how I watched it. Yeah. And it's the, I don't know if it's like because they crammed multiple movies onto one disc or if it's just a low yeah. quality DVD, it's like so dark in mm. wake of death sometimes that it's hard to make out what's happening. That's a bummer. Yeah. I think, uh, one of the things that I realized going through this run of action movies is that probably Van Damme is my favorite now. Yeah. I mean, for years and years, I would have said Schwarzenegger just yeah, because I, uh, I was so loyal to him. Like but that, obviously, yeah. his I output think, of late yeah. has been disappointing. Yeah, it's just like which one gets me the most excited yeah. to watch one of those. And like if I see like Woodfield has two showings of one like DTV Van Damme movie, <laughs> yeah. I'm like there. Yeah, yeah, really yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't disagree with that. All right, so who do we got next? So next we'll do. Uh, Steven Seagal. Oh, wow. One into the other. What a great guy. Steven Seagal. Shit. (laughs) It's a total nightmare. He's like the worst human being, right? And and I know Van Damme was like cocky and creepy and a drug addict for a long time, but like, I still love him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I fucking hate Steven Seagal. Like, and kind of always had, even though I like some of his movies quite Mm -hmm. a bit. I've just always thought he was just a gross scumbag. Yeah, I always like was really creeped out slash amused by his um, appropriation of whatever dialect it's he wants. It's based insane. on there who are he's talking to. There are different periods yeah. of Seagal. So, like, my pick is from Southern Seagal. Okay, but now we're in the Russian Seagal period. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like Vladimir Putin. But well, because all of his movies are made there, and he's constantly playing like 
ex-Soviet special forces or whatever. Yeah. Well, he's well-fed, so good for him. He's the worst. Um, so what's your pick for Steven Seagal? So the movie that I thought was going to be my pick is a movie called Urban Justice, Yeah, which finds him doing uh, a sort of... Uh, Southern slash African American affectation because God. it's it's Seagal in the hood. Yeah. Eddie Griffin plays like mm. the main bad guy. What? I actually kind of need to see this now. I mean, sure. Yeah. But here's the thing, and I'm going to spoil the end of Urban Justice for everyone listening. Again, his son is murdered, and he's out Does for Eddie revenge. Does Eddie Griffin have a, a, a identical twin? I wish. Like it marked for death. I wish. Okay. The greatest villain death it's in any movie amazing. ever. It's. I mean. Yeah. I don't think anything can touch it. Yeah. Um, so Eddie Griffin, I could just see like Eddie Griffin pushing back a little bit and saying like, well, I'm not going to die in this movie mm-hmm. and refusing to be killed off, even though he's the main bad guy. So we get to the final confrontation mm-hmm. and Seagal basically goes like, I got no beef with you what? and turns around and walks away. And then, because he's Seagal, he insists, I'm just writing all this backstory in my head, that, like, Eddie Griffin has to say, like, that guy's so cool. And then we watch him walk away, like, in silhouette, in slow motion, and that's how the movie ends. It's just, it was so gross to watch, like, these two guys have a dick-measuring contest. Seagal kind of wins because Eddie Griffin has to praise him. Anyway. They didn't, did they fight? At the no, end, no, at no. any point, no. Okay, yeah, because that's one thing I also noticed with some of these movies is oh like God. the total inequity of like, yeah, you got like a really good character actor villain, but right. then like there's no physical match for the hero at all. It's amazing to yeah. see the hero like take out the number two, who's always some big Sven Olthorsen motherfucker, yeah. and then <laughs> like suddenly <laughs> is being beat up by, by Jerry Khan. Springer. Right? <laughs> You're just like, what? What? How did this happen? Yeah. Um, so anyway, my pick is what I think is the best of the Seagal DTV um, run, which is ongoing, mm-hmm. um, and it's a movie called Pistol Whipped. Uh, <laughs> it's a great title. <laughs> you know, it is. Yeah. It is. Um, and it's good because, A, it has a slightly better cast than most mm-hmm. of his DTV movies. Lance Henriksen plays a significant role. Okay. Renee Goldsberry, I want to say, is sort of the love interest. Um, and if not for the scene where they insist that she like praises the size of his dick, that leaves just it grosses me out so much that I hate that scene. But this yeah. so this is from two thousand eight. Um, and what's good about it is that it's kind of a a drama in addition to being a decent action movie where he's just kind of a fuck up. Like he's a gambling addict. He wants to see his kids, but he can't see his kids. Cause he's just like a, a disgraced ex cop. I think yeah. who then is, you know, brought in to do a job and he's pretty good in it. Acting wise. Um, it's probably the best I've seen him in terms of a performance. The story is fairly compelling. And again, it's something different because every one of his movies requires him to be mm. the mysterious badass to end all badasses. I mean, the backstory that he's given in every movie is just all about his shadowy past as a special forces, special forces agent, yeah. you know, uh, who can kill anyone with one move. Um, and this movie presents him as kind of very fallible. And it's really interesting. I like it a lot. 
Yeah, it's too bad that he didn't kind of veer off his persona more often. Because it does give a lot of his movies a sense of oh my God. sameness. I can't yeah. even keep them straight anymore. Like I yeah. used to, every time a new one would show up at Redbox, I would go get it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just to the point now where I'm like, I, he's got tinted glasses and a goatee and like a bandana in all of them. And he's wearing eight layers to cover up his sizable bulk. Yeah. The titles are interchangeable. I'm not kidding. When I went to see one a couple of years ago, one of those, you know, Oh yeah, I contractual think I releases. About, I, and yeah. I don't remember what it's called. It's him and Craig Sheffer yeah. having like a toupee fat. Start with an a- absolution. Was that it? I mean, maybe. Yeah, no, I you're probably remember. right. But okay. at one point, I had to leave to pee. I had to check the little digital marquee for the title of the movie I was seeing <laughs> because I was like, I'm not going to find this if yeah. I if I leave and don't remember what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, another thing that's interesting. You were talking about kind of like the different phases of these guys' careers. It also seems like, and I'd have to go back and look at the list, but it almost seems like with every one of them, they kind of start out in the mall movie actioner. And then they get their shot with like a respected director. And it's like the type of movie that would play at the the grown-up theater. And then like... time cops, your under sieges. Yeah, and then like they would eventually not be able to maintain that and then they were back to the mall right yeah and then they're just to video yeah yeah that's the arc for most of them they should make netflix movies with these guys i would watch them because the netflix movies now suck balls (laughs) um hold on real quick uh here are the last few seagal movies contract to kill end of a gun the perfect weapon the asian connection so the one I saw was Code of Honor. Oh. I think. Oof. There is an absolution. Okay. But I watched that one on like VOD. Code mm. of Honor is the one that I saw theatrically. Yeah. It wasn't should, he should be in a movie called Belly. <laughs> 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 um, so my pick is uh, 1997's. It's like his last theatrical until Exit Wounds. He had a he had a yeah. layoff period. This was the yeah. movie that busted up his deal with Warner Brothers. Was so Glimmerman was before Glimmerman was ninety six. Oh wow! Okay. Um, so I picked uh, a movie that I wrote a twenty years later on yes, last year and maintain that I still love it. And it's my second favorite Seagal, and it's Fire Down Below. This is your second favorite Seagal. Under Siege will always be number one. This is number two. This is number two. Oh, you're I a monster! Love Southern country action movies. I can't help it. There's something like. I think it's the me having spent some time in Bloomington, Indiana thing. So I feel home again because that was kind of my home away from home when I was in college. Um, so, yeah, I just like all these like I don't even know how to describe it. There's just something same with Roadhouse. Like if I see my action hero like going to a hardware store and picking up like lumber and supplies and a cardboard box i just feel happy it's my okay. happy place um i think it's just it's just it's ridiculous but it's it brings out maybe okay so maybe i'm wrong maybe this brings out like a little bit more of a sensitive side to steven Seagal. it does for sure um he's got kind of a you know a savior but uh one-sided kind of savior relationship with mark helgenberger and they do some kind of gross things with her character oh yeah um but uh, I don't know. I like. I think the henchmen in this movie are kind of amusing, and Chris Christopherson is like 
kind of good with like this shit eating grin, sure. like and everything like that. So he's he he's entertaining. So I I can't describe it. I think it's a very specific. Like just I love any type of southern action movie. Like Homefront almost was my pick for oh, Jason wow. Statham. Okay. Um, I can't get enough of these movies, man. So I rewatched it today for the yeah. first time in a long time, yeah. and I agree with you that like a. Like I was saying about Nowhere to Run, it stands out mm-hmm. when viewed uh, alongside the rest of his filmography, especially yeah. if you've seen as many of his later terrible DTV movies as I have, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt good to see a Seagal movie that like still feels like a movie. Yes. Because so yeah. many of these DTV movies do not. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, you know, has a budget. And, and, and he it, it's probably the most likable yeah he's ever been in a movie yeah it's kind of funny how he's just like always constantly fixing people's roofs and so crazy where he's like bribing harry dean stanton for information by fixing his porch like yeah i i i i think also with seagal he he raises his game dependent on who's in the movie with him so i think like if you've got Keenan Ivory Waynes, he's phoning it in. But if he's in a scene with Harry Dean Stanton or Chris Christopherson, right. like he's trying at least. Yeah. Well, again, it's yeah. fascinating that it reminds you that you know the '90s; these guys had box office power because yeah. they could draw Harry Dean Stanton to a Steven Seagal movie. Yeah. It's bananas, you know, that these people were like, sure, I'll work with this guy who I promise was a nightmare to work with, even when he's likable in the movie. Um, I like that this comes from his like more sort of peacenik mm-hmm. eco-friendly period. It's basically it's this like and the, On Deadly Ground. It's like the good version of On Deadly Ground. Right. I mean, yeah. it's these two movies yeah. that, where that became sort of his platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like that aspect of it. Like, I don't love the movie. It's fine. I yeah. just, I wouldn't put it near the top. That was sure. the only reason I reacted that way. Although Mark Helgenberger, listen. That's a good woman right there. Always had a crush on Mark Helgenberger. Yeah. Redhead yeah, lover. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, like, Rosanna Arquette kind of ups the the movie just by virtue of the fact that she's in it. Mm-hmm. It also has something that I'm noticing I love. And, like, I'll give an extra star to any action movie <laughs> that has a truck falling off of a cliff. Okay. And it's a real truck. Sure. No, like, I missed those. There's nothing more right. cinematically awesome right. than trucks just getting destroyed going down a mountain. Yes. Yeah. That was when I when we were watching The Phantom the other day. It mm-hmm. was like, hey, remember when actors did stunts? Yeah. And uh things blew up for real. Yeah. And, when I saw uh, that Jeep like flipping over the rickety yes. bridge, like getting like total boner. Or a guy jumping from an airplane onto a horse with no yeah. digital trickery. It was just like, a person did that, and yes. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I joked yesterday that it was like watching the Waterworld stunt show for two hours, but that is not a complaint. No, not at all. <laughs> that is, it shouldn't be a complaint. No. Yeah. Uh, all right, so all there's right. our two Seagals. Who's next? It's your pick. Or no, it's my I just pick. did Seagal, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. I'm closing my eyes, all right, all right, and all right. I landed ding, on ding, ding. Jason Statham. Statham. So my Jason Statham, um, it could have been Homefront. I probably should say Homefront. <laughs> you guys should watch Homefront. Yeah. It's good. If you could get past James Franco being in it, it's pretty good. Yeah. Because it's got methed out Kate Bosworth and Winona, I don't know why I'm here, writer <laughs> moments in it. But it's and totally- it's written by Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yeah, it is. It's like an old Stallone yeah. script. I forgot about that. Um, I picked a movie that I saw 
in theaters um, a day that uh, my power was out in my apartment, and I did a double feature waiting for the power to go back on of War, which is my pick for Jason yeah. Statham, and Resurrecting the Champ with Oof. Josh Hartnett and Samuel L. Jackson. Wow. And guess what? It was sold out, and I swear to God, it's the only sold-out screening that movie ever had, and I was Resurrecting the Champ was sold out? Yeah. It was weird. Did like a bus of extras book the theater? <laughs> what? How I, does that happen? I don't get it. Because you mentioned that title and I had to slam my head against a reef to even remember it. Yeah, it was really weird. Did somebody like big direct that though? Rod Laurie oh, from okay. The Contender. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And like Not- Samuel L. Jackson is playing a homeless man who, and he's clearly never seen- Oh, so seen, K-Man's Valentine. Yeah. But he's clearly never seen- Dave Chappelle's Tyrone Biggins because that's who he's playing. So the whole time he's just like, I'm the champ. And I'm just oh, like, this boy. is Tyrone Biggins. Whoa, whoa, sorry. <laughs> no spill. No spill. Um, so, uh, so War was a movie that I was like, I saw it in the theater and I wasn't expecting anything of it. And at that point in time, I, I, I've only slowly kind of gotten back into St- Statham um over time and like i was kind of a jet lee fan but kind of on the outs at that point and i was really surprised by how kind of interesting the story was with it it's just um it's like two warring families one's from the triads and one's from the yakuza and then there's like these government agents kind of in the middle and Jet Li is an assassin that kind of plays both sides and everything. And it was just kind of a more intricate plot than I'm used to seeing. It felt like heat almost in right, like right. some kind of weird way. Um, one thing that's weird that I noticed on this watch is um, Han from Fast and Furious yeah, I just is saw on the same team. With Jason Statham, little yeah. does he know that he will kill him and take his spot at the <laughs> oh barbecue. My gosh. So, which is the biggest monstrosity <laughs> yes, in the is. 21st century of film. I, it's a testament to Jason Statham yeah. that we're all cool with it by the end I of that movie. I well, know what you mean, though. Yeah, because we're I like, I, I like Jason Statham. He saved yeah. the kid on the plane in the yeah. one entertaining sequence in this movie. But yeah, as soon as you take one step back, you're like, oh, right, but mm-hmm. he also killed the franchise's best character. Yeah. So. so, War was. Not as good this time as I remembered it being. But I think a lot of that has to do with there's a twist in war that I think really kind of makes the movie. Mm-hmm. And I forgot mm-hmm. that it didn't come I like this time when I was watching it, it comes like with about ten minutes left in the movie. And I always remembered it being like something that happened midway through right, the movie. Right. And I think that the movie would have been better if it came midway through the movie. Sure. Because then you would have had kind of a more intimate personal thing as opposed to just being servicing the climax of the story. Right. But I think it's such a cool twist that it uh, sort of makes – it elevates it from – just kind of the generic like movie that would be number four on a four movie DVD of Jason Statham <laughs> to something that is what I would consider an underrated pick. So, sure, um, it's weird because it was directed by a music video director, Philip Atwell, and mm-hmm. he's never done anything since then. Like no music videos, no television, this no movies. It's like this was the last him. one. Do you think he just felt he made his masterpiece? I think so. Jet Li said that the movie sucked. So what's this with is these, another what's one. What's with these guys yeah. bad-mouthing these movies that we like? Yeah, this Jet is Li was thing. in The One. How come he's bad-mouthing War? <laughs> I haven't seen The One. It's not good. No, no. It's got Carla Gugino, so... Yeah. That's, is she the one? I, she's the one for me. Yeah. Uh, but it's not good, my yeah. memory says. Yeah. So War was kind of like <laughs> at the end of the whole kind of hip-hop martial right, arts right. 
run, and it was from Rogue Pictures. And when you see Rogue Pictures before a movie starts, you know what you're in for, yeah. and it's about as good as Unleashed, and that's it. I remember kind of liking Unleashed. I was like... I thought it was weird. Maybe I need to see it again. Yeah, I don't know. But War is, uh, if you've never seen it and you don't know what happens, I think it's kind of a neat movie. Yeah, I, I, yeah. so I, I saw it for the first time on Blu-ray um, because when I first started buying Blu-rays, I was like, well, I'm not going to rebuy stuff that I have on DVD, mm-hmm. but I am going to own like every shitty action movie yeah. and it that's easy because Lionsgate put out a lot of them yeah. and their DVDs would eventually drop to like five dollars mm-hmm. so I got War for five bucks and watched it and didn't know the twist and was genuinely surprised by it yeah. I remember kind of liking it but I don't remember it that well and yeah. I haven't had a chance to rewatch it also War is kind of I noticed such a bad title it is it was such originally called title. Rogue and it was from Rogue Pictures because Jet Li's But instead they went with the giant rogue. crocodile movie to call Rogue. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think that's why they changed it. Uh, probably. Yeah. Um, no, this was this is also kind of my favorite type of Jason Statham, um, where he's sort of, you don't know what to make of him. Okay. He's not like a straightforward hero. Right, right, right. When he's kind of the straightforward hero, I tend to not, like the transporter, things like that. Like I'm not as interested in him or like the expendables and stuff like that where he's uh, joking. the expendables do him no favors yeah yeah they definitely de-cool him yeah in those movies but the first two transporter movies i do like though okay okay um second one i could have picked maybe as my underrated because it's real yeah. dumb but like sure. really fun yeah like if, if you're on board for that like, yeah. then you're way on. it's <laughs> totally for you um yeah with war it's just kind of neat because he's playing a duplicitous character right. that you kind of don't know what to make of it. Right. And um, I tend to like that, like when he's doing that or like he's doing Deckard Shaw in the Fast and Furious movies yeah. or he's doing um, like in the bank job and stuff like that where he's kind of a good guy, bad guy. Well, and Statham has a, an advantage over some of his contemporaries in that I think he's a good actor mm-hmm. um, a, as well as being very physical. Yeah. And so I think it helps sell, you know, because Seagal like yeah. was never a good actor van damme i think mm-hmm. can be very good or can mm-hmm. be kind of terrible yeah statham's pretty much always good it's yeah, just that never, the movies themselves aren't great yeah he's never phoning it in no that's something that's pretty nice about him <clears throat> yeah so what's your statham my statham is uh in the name of the king <laughs> <laughs> which i've not seen oh i saw that in the theater that's uve right <laughs> yeah that's what i thought yeah uh, so my Statham is a movie that I don't think you've seen from 2012 called Safe. No, but you talked it up and I want to see it. Oh man. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's streaming somewhere. Netflix maybe or okay. Amazon. Cause I feel like I recommended it recently in one of those columns. Um, Boaz Yakin Mm-hmm. Uh, is the writer director who we know from Remember the Titans? I was just about to ask: Is he the Boaz yeah. from Remember the Titans? He is, and I confuse him a lot of times with Boaz Davidson because yeah. the name Boaz is like you don't see it that often. Mm-hmm. And Boaz Davidson is like a producer on all of these terrible action movies. Okay. Do not confuse the two. Um, Safe is Statham again playing. A badass, you even get the scene where you know the two characters say, this is who this guy was. You don't know who we've just messed with. Mm-hmm. Um, who is disgraced, recovering from a tragedy, basically voluntarily living as a homeless person. Yeah. Um, and comes across a little girl who is caught between the 
Chinese mafia and a bunch of dirty cops um, because she's like a math genius and she holds a series of numbers in her head. I remember seeing the trailer and being like, this looks so stupid. So it's like a good Mercury rising. (laughs) Kind of. Um, And then when I watched it, I skipped it in theaters because I was like, that doesn't look good. And then I think, again, I bought the Blu-ray for super cheap and watched it. I was like, holy shit, wait a minute. (laughs) Um, Because there's a a really cool kind of gritty 70s streak that runs through it in terms of like who Statham is playing. And then I rewatched it the other day. Some of the action is so cool. And the way that it's staged, there's a whole thing in a car that's basically done in like these two continuous shots. There's a moment that... I don't want to spoil, but it involves two characters going out a window that's mm-hmm. just so badass, all done in one shot. Uh, I'm a huge fan of this movie. I think it's super, super underrated. Nice. Um, so, yeah, check it, it out. I, yeah, I really those, like it. Yeah, it's one of those movies that like I remember coming out, but then just kind of came and went. Yeah. Just forgot about it. And that's, that's the nice thing about this show is we can highlight a lot of those types of movies. And I miss this, that like... Yeah. Lionsgate used to be good for one or two of these a year. There was always the Statham Lionsgate movies or just some action movie that Lionsgate was putting out, and it just doesn't happen anymore. I thought we were getting that back like a few years ago because there was like the last stand, bullet to the head. Like it was happening for like a little while, and then it kind of stops. And now even Schwarzenegger stuff is back to going right to VOD. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like Stallone, I think, is the only one but, who's still But Stallone's his... all respectable again between yeah. his Marvel movies and his Oscar nominations. You know, he's yeah. not making his cool action movies anymore. No, that's true. That's um, true. All right. Anyway, so, okay, my turn. All right, so we got Wesley Snipes. Snipes. The hardest, I think, of all of these. For me, it wasn't, but I think that's just because I picked the one good one i think you might have i think you called dibs on the one Uh, the one one, yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. okay uh so i go first yeah um so this was one that i rewatched a couple movies hoping to find (laughs) what it was and it was not that yeah it's not the art of war it is not uh what was the one i said earlier uh Armed armed response yeah directed by the great john stockwell I couldn't believe he made I like a movie. John Stockwell. So do I, which is why I had my Crazy hopes up for armed John response. Stockwell. John Stockwell just for years was making movies at the beach, you know? Blue crush. Just- Into the blue. Into the Blue Man yeah. goes yeah. crazy in such a fun way mm-hmm. by the end of that movie. Um this was not that John Stockwell. Yeah. This was His like pseudonym is Sandy Beach. This was this <laughs> wasn't even he did a Gina Carano one a couple of years ago called In the Blood. Okay. This wasn't even that John Stockwell. Oh, <laughs> this was geez. a few steps below in the blood. Okay. Um, so I landed on Passenger 57, which I think we could both argue is not underrated. Yeah. Uh, but I've got one of those later. But I so didn't I know what else to pick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was this or Drop Zone. And yeah. I once wrote a piece comparing the two movies. Mm-hmm. And I said, here's why Passenger 57 is really cool, and here's why Drop Zone is way less cool. Yeah. So if I have to choose between the two, I'm going to go Passenger 57 because it has way more of like an old school black exploitation vibe to mm-hmm. it. Um, whereas Drop Zone is real, like kind of slick and generic, and I don't yeah. think really requires or benefits from the presence of Wesley Snipes the mm-hmm. way that Passenger 57 does. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I'll say about it. 
I re- I'm a really big fan of Passenger 57. It's fu- I think it's I, so fun. I don't and- love Bruce Payne, and I know that's a terrible thing to say. I just yeah. think he's doing phoned-in Euro trash, and I know sure. people love him as the villain because I think I said something about that in my piece, and I got blowback from it. Um, but the movie's super fun. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely like Wesley Snipes on his A game, yes. like just really having fun and being a total badass yes. and everything like that. So I, I like it. It also has. Um, one thing I really love about early 90s action movies, especially if the the lead was African-American, they have um, like kind of that light, like grocery store jazz sometimes. <laughs> and like the the score of this movie is unbelievable for that. And then also on the end credits, it's a Stevie Wonder song called Too High. Nice. And he's just like... It's like too high, too high. And I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's also, I remember when I saw this at the Dollars show. That's the way to see it. Um, yeah, it was winter break. I saw this and Under Siege at the Dollar Theater. Oh my gosh. It was great. My Man, dad was my hero. I miss the early 90s. Um, yeah, they had a line at the beginning where uh, he's talking about, <laughs> I just remembered Sly Del Vecchio is the name of a character in this movie. <laughs> uh, Sly Del Vecchio. Um, so Is they, that Sizemore? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so there's a meeting where John Cutter, uh, yeah, is right. Wesley Sipes. He's oh, getting man. interviewed to be like the new head of security and stuff like that. And he just goes, there's only one country that hasn't had like terrorism on a plane. It's the Israelis. The Israelis have never been fucked with. And I remember thinking in the theater as like a 10 year old Jewish boy being like, fuck yeah. 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 Take that. I'm like, yeah, we got security. <laughs> so, um, big fan of passenger 57. My pick is a little less unanimously loved but it's something that i've always kind of had a soft spot for yeah like i don't think it's a good movie but i can definitely watch it anytime and that is um money train yeah it is um one thing i love about money train is how many times they say money train oh my gosh robert blake (laughs) is obsessed with his train (laughs) yeah he's like there the train they say at one point has like four million dollars in it but he's willing to kill like a (laughs) hundred citizens that would be a lawsuit of like four billion dollars <laughs> isn't uh future oscar winner chris cooper in that movie yeah Is he's the, guy the torch I'm... yeah that's what i thought he's the torch he's like I'll light you up <laughs> uh, he's like spraying lighter fluid yes. in token boots oh and, my gosh um no i just um it's definitely like the b picture of the woody wesley double feature yeah trying to recapture that magic there's just enough magic there <laughs> that I enjoy. I think the two of them just like kind of like Woody Harrelson, I think is just a national treasure. Sure. I love Woody Harrelson. Um, he's good always. almost Well, almost always. Um, Wesley Snipes, I think comes to life around Woody Harrelson. I think like he is having more fun than he usually is because he's very stoic in a lot of the other later action movies that he did after money train. And there's just a lot of like, chutzpah to the movie it's just like it's it's expensive studio action shit and um like the the stuff with the train sequences like the action sequences i think are pretty well done yeah um the i mean jennifer lopez has like a thinly written part but she's a star and you could kind of feel like this was the movie that i think this was her maybe the first, first thing movie. i saw her in. Oh, yeah well, that would explain it yeah because it was before like selena okay. and out of sight and stuff and uh no i i think like it's just like you mentioned the chris cooper i mean like there's just always somebody on screen right. that you've seen in stuff that you've liked before so it gives it that goodwill 
Um, there's a few things I noticed in this that I thought were like really funny. So like spoiler for money train <laughs> at the, it's, one there's of those a, movies, there's a money train. Yeah. It's one of those movies that like rewards the, the heroes for stealing at the end, yeah. which is weird. And then as the end credits go, um, it turns from New York, from New York city on New Year's Eve to a backdrop that says like, welcome to the Hilton Hawaiian resort. And it's like, they're walking towards it and it's like, Oh, that's where they went. And that's like so dumb (laughs) (laughs) that I kind of love it. And then also there's, um, a song by, uh, Shaggy that's on the opening credits called the train is coming (laughs) and I love it. And I, featured it on like uh, songs from movies that I love but probably shouldn't at one point and uh, yeah no I just I I really like kind of um, not so much like 70s New York in movies because it always looks like dirty and scary but like (laughs) like, but 90s New York when they cleaned it up and everything like that I think it's just like kind of there's a it's almost like it's its own character (laughs) but I I, I like it so I mean Money Train is just a movie that I know is crap but I could totally watch it anytime I don't even know that I own Money Train, which is killing me right now because yeah. I'm like, I gotta watch Money Train. I yeah. gotta. Um, I I I miss action movies like yeah. that just didn't cost 150 million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the action movies we get now are so big, yeah. and they're San Andreas and they're Rampage mm-hmm. and they're Marvel movies, and you know, and and there's nothing against these movies, but we don't have anything comparable to money train anymore well, that's the thing i think like is a bummer about i and i am not i i'll give like three stars all day to a superhero movie but at the same time they killed the star system like there's right. you're playing properties you're not going right. to a movie for chris evans or for like right anybody like there's there's no like chris evans action vehicle and stuff like that and 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 the bottom fell out and yeah. so all we get are red box action movies yeah or 200 million dollar giant spectacle action movies based on a familiar property yeah it sucks that it's that is what it is now right I mean, i'm hoping that it's like a cyclical thing where it will come back but we'll see hopefully um, i also the expendables didn't do it yeah, but the Expendables was such a like. It's like when a bunch of over the hill veterans like join a basketball team together, and no, they're like, "We're gonna they get." Could have printed money run. if they had done those things right. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, one thing also with Money Train is I think I thought it was hilarious that there is a montage cut to I think it's like a Melissa Etheridge song, and it's. Wesley Snipes and Jennifer Lopez having a love mm-hmm, scene mm-hmm. and Woody Harrelson getting the shit beat out of them. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> super weird. Yeah. Because, so I, I saw Money Train uh, opening night. Yeah. It was like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I went by myself to see Toy Story at one Schomburg place, mm-hmm. got in my car, drove over to Woodfield 3 and 4 and yeah. saw the 930 Money Train. Mm-hmm. And then I bought Money Train on Laserdisc. So I do still <laughs> own it somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I definitely watched it a lot. And I remember the sex scene. Like, I remember having the thought, like, man, if I was younger and I wanted to jerk off to this, I couldn't. Because every once in a while, Woody Harrelson <laughs> is being beat up. And that's one too many Woody's being beaten. Did you have, like, a jerk-off cutoff year? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, too, that's too bad. Uh, um, I yeah. liked, uh, yeah, it's just funny because you see, like... Th- sex thrusting and then you just see like the same motion but he's getting right. punched right 
Yeah. Not cool. No. Doesn't do it for me. No. That's a sad panda right there. <laughs> um, so was it my pick or your pick? Uh, or your no, pick. you picked. Okay. So um, I will go with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. All right. So my pick. So this one was tougher than I thought it would be. Kind of like what you said where it's his movies are either like super well liked or they're not liked for a good reason. Exactly. Um, so I picked one that I think just kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit. Because it came out around the same time as like The Rock and Mission Impossible, and it just wasn't as good as those, so it kind of seemed like a lesser action vehicle, mm-hmm. and that is Eraser. Yeah. And I didn't like Eraser the first time I saw it, and it's kind of grown on me over time. Mm-hmm. Danny Nucci's in it. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's weird, because it's just like, I wonder if Schwarzenegger was nervous that day that he was acting <laughs> opposite, opposite Nooch. Yeah. Um, so I... One I'm going to make a Vanessa Williams a disappear. <laughs> I'm a just a marshal, and I'm a married to Paula Marshall. I'm saving the best for last. He was also in The Rock. Nooch had a big year that year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, he had kind of bonus check yeah. that month. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's like, I had to build an addition to my garage. I have a two cars now. One for me and one for Paula Marshall. <laughs> um, so I, I like... That Eraser feels, if you remove some of the budget from it, Mm -hmm. it feels like one of his 80s action movies more than a 90s action movie. Um, Because his 90s action movies became kind of more, I mean, like Terminator 2 is way more ambitious than like a lot of his 80s stuff. Same with True Lies, for better or for worse. Um, But this bigger. Yeah, this felt kind of more stripped down with the Mm -hmm. exception of like the aluminum and clay guns and shit. And the CG alligators. Yeah, and the CG alligators. There's a lot of stuff in it. Your luggage. God, I uh, I had a weird moment where I was super happy with watching Eraser, but mm-hmm. then I became super sad and I just wanted it to be over <laughs> because I was like, whatever happened to Robert Pastorelli? And then I read what happened to Robert Pastorelli. He died pretty young, right? Uh, he kind of murdered someone and oh my then gosh. killed himself because the police were closing in. I don't remember that. So I was just like, wow. Yikes. Yeah. So that was kind of a sad Oh my panda. gosh. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I think Eraser's like, it's like any Chuck Russell movie of, you know, his prime years, because right. I think he did something recently that was not very good. Yeah. the uh, was it? It was the Travolta movie. I Am Wrath, maybe? Oh, yeah. I couldn't even finish I Am Wrath. I finished it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh. Uh, no, but like, yeah, he, he knows his way around making a entertaining studio movie. Yes. And, uh, and Schwarzenegger is very charming and funny, and um, it's kind of amazing, like, how connected witness protection is. Like, there's certain <laughs> things where it's like, James Kahn is also in witness protection, but he's like, ordering the undersecretary of defense around and i'm just like what um i thought it was funny too because they got these like guns that shoot out like clay bullets basically and um they look like they're housed in toys r us guns (laughs) um but it's just weird they're just like this is gonna start world terrorism and i'm like it's a thousand of like a gun Like, it's not like a bomb right so i just thought that was amusing but um no i mean like it's just it straightforward you know like b action movie and i think it's uh one of the last real big successes that i that schwarzenegger had yeah for sure this was kind of the end of a of Of his big run yeah Yeah. um and you're right it kind of got caught between 
old school Schwarzenegger because this kind of action movie I think was already dying out based on yeah. Mission Impossible and The Rock coming out around the same time there was kind of a new breed of action movie yeah it's like the normal guy it's more of like the John McClane type dude like a- and, the person you wouldn't expect right but yeah. and also bigger and faster yeah. and slicker much slicker yeah. yeah and so that is kind of the action movie we get for maybe the next 10 years mm-hmm. and then the genre kind of dries up um yeah. and so i do think it's a movie that gets lost a little bit mm-hmm. uh but it's fun yeah it's yeah. i remember my dad took me and a friend to see it he like dropped us off uh i think it was doug because like we stood outside of his store and like sold candy bars so my sister could go to France or something and our reward was mm-hmm. we got to go see a racer. And it was worth it. That's how everyone saw a racer. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I feel like watching it right now. Every movie you name, I'm like, I'm I feel like watching that right now. Yeah, and James Conn is just a fun villain. Yeah. I mean he's just like one of those guys where you perk up anytime he's right. in a movie. Yeah, yeah. So, um stuff. what did I pick? So, yeah, same thing where it's like this is a hard one to choose. Like mm-hmm. I could go with Raw Deal, which I considered, mm-hmm. but I've talked about that before. Um, I thought about maybe The Sixth Day. Yeah, I've only watched that once. Me too. So I didn't, I didn't know. And I didn't feel like rewatching Rappaport's it. Rappaport's in it, though. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, so obviously I need to rewatch The Sixth Day. But uh, So I went with The Last Stand, mm-hmm. which was Schwarzenegger's comeback movie after being in politics for many, many years. Yes. He uh, comes back with The Last Stand, directed by the great Kim Ji-Woon. Yeah. For some reason, I mean, the movie made no money. Yeah, I was, was really just bummed. completely that slept on because I think it's really, really terrific. Like, yeah. there's a lot of stuff in it that's dumb. There's like that deputy that everyone cares way too much about. <laughs> Is it Johnny Knoxville? No, no, no. Is there's there like, one? spoilers for The Last Stand. He okay. dies like halfway through the movie okay. and drives the rest of the plot where it's like let's get revenge for this lame deputy. I know deputy. What you're talking about. Yeah, that guy was in postgrad. I haven't seen postgrad. So should, I will take your word for it. You should run, don't walk to um, postgrad. But Knoxville I think is, you know, fun yeah. and the last act of the movie is bananas mm-hmm. in like the best way. Yeah. Uh Kim Ji-woon's straight stages great action. Um just really, really fun, cool stuff, and a really good comeback movie for Schwarzenegger. I think, like, yeah. just the right role for him, where he's now the sheriff who's settled down in this quiet town, doesn't really want any of this shit. It yeah. comes to find him, um, and he has to kind of come out of retirement, more or less, and be a badass. And uh, it's perfect for him. Yes, I I hadn't seen that since opening weekend, but I loved it when I saw it. In yes, theaters. and uh, yeah, like I mentioned, it's came out around the same time as like bullet to the head and right. like a good day to die hard and i was just like this mm. is the jewel of, yeah, like, of those of three the, absolutely yeah and uh has kim ji woon done any other not american, american no he went then? back and okay. uh, his last movie was not great okay yeah no last <laughs> last stand is is awesome i mean it's another one where it's just kind of like like nowhere to run where it's just kind of stripped down yeah. and more and there's a lot of pleasure to that it's yes. really cool and like you said it it's a great vehicle for Schwarzenegger at yeah. that point in time. So. I, I'm bummed out that people kind of overlooked it. Yeah, because if that worked, then he probably would have gotten you know he got a, whole a few more second, tries, but right? like better movies. Yes. Yeah. Well, because Sabotage, which again I could not have oh been more God. excited for based on the cast. Yeah. Was not a good movie. No. Escape Plan, not a good movie. Although Schwarzenegger's great in it. 
Yeah, yeah, he's really good in it. <clears throat> I yeah, Escape Plan. I I think they're doing Escape Plan two. I think so too, but I don't think Schwarzenegger's in it. What's the point? Then? I don't know. Right, that was the reason that we wanted to see that movie was to see those guys together. And again, yeah. you have people who just don't understand what they have because. Mm-hmm you barely get to see them together and you don't see them together like kicking ass at all. It's it's the wrong yeah. vehicle to put those two guys together. I'm happy he's on the mend. He yeah, me too. Surgery this yeah. Weekend. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh I'm next. Yeah, you're next. Okay. Ba 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 ba. Uh Sylvester Stallone. Okay, speaking of mm-hmm. Stallone. Yeah. Uh another one that I think is hard because I had an easier time. Okay. For me, it was a little bit hard because I was like, well, I could go with Rambo, mm-hmm. the the fourth one. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, again, him doing Wake of Death, mm-hmm. uh, Van Damme, you know, the grizzled, I regret everything. Um, but I feel like that movie has quite a few fans. Mm-hmm. So instead, I went with Get Carter okay. from, I think, 2000. Yeah. Um, and it's not even totally an action movie honestly mm-hmm. like it's kind of a stretch it's more of kind of a crime drama where he plays basically an enforcer whose brother is killed and he comes back to find out who did it and mm-hmm. rachel lee cook is involved and I'm she there. has a nose ring I'm there uh john c mcginley gets punched in the face a lot Yay. mickey rourke like yeah. right before the the, the mickey rourke renaissance yeah. and he shows up and you're like, oh, cool, Mickey Rourke. And he's like a heavy and he's really good mm-hmm. and they know how to use him in this movie. And so at the time, I remember being really kind of blown away that somebody thought to cast Mickey Rourke in that part. He um, was doing some interesting stuff around that because he did like uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico yeah, and he uh, was kind of funny in that too. Well, because he like insisted on having his the own dog. dog yeah, in every, that's his real dog. Yeah. Like he's such a weirdo. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and somebody else big, well, Michael Caine, obviously. So yeah. I haven't seen the original, and I know that yeah. makes me a terrible human being. Um, it's okay, I haven't seen either. I have nothing to base it on. But yeah. I just think the movie is very 2000 mm-hmm. in terms of its cinematography and the way that it does these like stutter cuts that yeah. like Saw did a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just remembered Driven. <sighs> Why did you bring that up? I was so excited for Driven. <laughs> I was like, Stallone's script? Rennie Harlan directing? How can this go? Oh, Kip Pardue. Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, I did not like Driven. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's 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 the kind of movie where, like, if you just watched it on a Saturday afternoon, you'd be totally satisfied. It's a good part for Stallone. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very believable as kind of, his, as kind of an aged enforcer. Uh, he gets to do some acting, and he's pretty good in it. Okay. Um. I always had like a weird association with that movie because um, I didn't see it, but it was playing like really quickly. It went from first run to second run when I was in college and we had the college mall and that was the dollar theater. And anytime we went to the college mall, it was always like I took the bus and then I like went to Chick-fil-A and then I watched a movie. So I'm just like, that movie's Chick-fil-A. It it probably is Chick-fil-A, but it's it's a waffle fry actioner. It's decent. Okay. Um, I will give it a shot. Yeah, I think Cause I'm a you'll like Stallone it enough. Guy. Yeah. He, it's good for him. Yeah. You know? It's good, cool. it's good Stallone. That's cool. Yeah. So I had a few to choose from. Like, I like Daylight. 
I've never seen Daylight. Are you serious? Yeah. It's so like, I couldn't pick it. And I know you wrote a, a piece about it. I've still never seen it. I think like, I don't know if you'll like it or not because I know you don't really care for disaster movies. Most. True. And it's more a disaster movie right. than anything. Right. Um, I almost picked Lockup. But that's more of a drama. Those are the two big holes in my Stallone viewing. Okay, I just saw that at June Sploitation okay. last year, and I was pleasantly surprised. Um, and then I have a soft spot for Rocky Five, <laughs> <laughs> but okay. I didn't want to go there because not really an action movie. Not really. Um, but uh, more of a street fighting movie. Yeah, I, I knew if I picked it, it was only to do my Burt Young impression. So. Well, go ahead. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so I, uh, I I feel bad when I listen to 80s all over how mean they are about Burt Young. It's pretty funny, though, the, the descriptions they come up with <laughs> like for he, Burt Young. They're like, he looks like a wet meatball. <laughs> yeah. The, My favorite was he looks like he hasn't slept since 1953. <laughs> <laughs> um, that show's interesting because it never makes me want to watch any of the movies they're talking about. Oh, see, it makes me want to watch them all the time. But it... I love the stories and the context. Right. Okay. That's what I enjoy the most about it. Um, I think the later it gets, the less it's going to make me want to. But okay. like the early 80s, yeah. I have a lot of holes there. Yeah, me and too. And so they'll bring stuff up where some stuff I've never even heard of. Yeah, there's a lot of And I'm like, stuff. oh, I got to seek that out. You mm-hmm. know, I remember them talking about Eyewitness with William Hurt. No, I'm sorry. That was a pure cinema. Never mind. Okay. Um, I but went I with Judge Dredd. Yeah, you did. Um. <laughs> So I saw on Letterboxd you rewatched Judge Dredd. You know what I did? Um, the best surprise about Judge Dredd, yeah. my DVD, is anamorphic. Ooh. For some reason I thought it wasn't. I was like, I got to watch Judge Dredd window boxed. And I put it on and it was proper widescreen. And I was like, this isn't going to be so bad. I got to step back and mention something about Money Train if we're talking about <laughs> format. So Money Always. Train was one of those like... Is Money Train mid- on Blu-ray? I don't know. I rented it on Amazon in HD. But um, you they, keep talking. I'm gonna look it up. So they, so Money Train was one of those Sony mid '90s movies that had the pan and scan really bad. Yeah. And then when I watched it this time, I'm like, this is like seeing it for the first time. <laughs> so um, okay, Judge Dredd. I think there's two kinds of people in life. I think you're either a Judge Dredd person or a Dredd person. And I am a Judge Dredd person. And Money Train is on Blu-ray. Everyone. Wow. Nice. Awesome. I'm going to add it to my cart. <laughs> it's, worth, it's worth every penny. Um, it's added to cart. Yeah. <laughs> I feel safe and secure. Um, so Judge Dredd um, is, I think it just comes down to like, I don't want to see a movie with Lionsgate eyes. I want to see a movie with Hollywood Pictures eyes. <laughs> like I love the touchstone Hollywood Pictures sheen. Yes. And um, Judge Dredd is like, it's funny because like it looks like they just reused the Super Mario Brothers set. Yes, it does. Um, and it's so ridiculous, and it's got no sense of tone whatsoever. No. Um, it's not. It doesn't work as an action movie because nope. it's too comedic. It doesn't work as a comedy because it's not funny enough. Nope. It doesn't work as a comic book movie because it's almost embarrassed of its source material. And from what I understand, gets it completely wrong. Yeah, but. For me, <laughs> minus one plus minus one plus minus one equals positive three. <laughs> like, I don't get it. I really like it. Um, I think it's so stupid and fun. And I don't know what it is. Like, whenever Stallone is sincere, 
I genuinely like him. Whenever Stallone is trying to be cool or funny, it never works. And no. it is great, like, for me. And he and tries Judge to do Dredd both is that. Yeah. through this whole movie. Yeah, I mean, like, he has it's to know, disaster. like, how ridiculous he is when he's snarling, like, I'm the Lord! He's like, so miscast. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Rob Schneider sucks. Rob Schneider Rob is Schneider sucks. terrible. Um Armand DeSante, I think, is a funny... Villain. Yeah. He's just like, just, um, <laughs> Diane Lane, though. Diane Lane is a great. Yes. Even in crap, she's... Like, Happy to see Diane Lane. Even though her name is like Hershey, that. and I found it so distracting every time they're like, Hershey! Yeah. <laughs> Judge Hershey! Yeah. Really? No? You don't want to go with something else? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, but I, I just think that there's... It's so just dumb 90s, misbegotten. It's, so the whole time I was watching it, which maybe was the first time I saw it since opening night, because yeah. I think I want to say I double featured this and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers that movie. That checks out. They came out the same day. There same you go. with Apollo 13. So I waited for that <laughs> to <laughs> see with my then girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But I saw both of these movies at one Schaumburg place yeah. opening night. Yeah. It was not a great night at the movies. No. Like Judge Dredd was fine. Power Rangers was not my thing. Yeah. I wasn't even into the show. So, um, and this was the first time I'd rewatched it. And like, it's fascinating. It is such a relic of its time when yeah. like studios wanted to make these comic book movies, but didn't really know how it fits in like with spawn and yes. And types. tank girl. Yeah. And, uh, there was another one that I thought of that are all sort of of a piece. <laughs> um, it's very expensive, but looks so tacky. Yeah. I like that it tries to lean into some of the comic bookiness with like the giant robot mm. or the weird cannibal family. But again, the tone makes no sense. It's super jokey, but then people are being murdered left and right violently on yeah. screen. Yeah, it looks like such a hellhole in this movie. Yes, and again, Stallone is so wrong for the part. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like one of those movies that was intended to be like, good and two hours and 15 minutes and then they cut it, cut to, it to ribbons because they're like yeah. none of it works right let's just get in and get out and get one more show time in. yes yeah. it absolutely does so the whole time i was watching it today i was totally understanding why you love it as like <laughs> a fan of like 90s stuff i yeah. was like well this is right yeah. <laughs> up adam's alley yeah if i had to choose dread is a much better movie I only saw Dread once in a theater that was like D-Box, and it wasn't the way to see it. Um, But I think that, I I don't know, I'll just take, I'll take Goofy over Gritty almost any day. Okay, which I understand. So that's kind of why I like Judge Dread more. But um, yeah, it's weird, because I know how shitty it is, but I think it's totally underrated and good. (laughs) It's interesting to see guys like Stallone... And Schwarzenegger, not quite around the same time, but pretty close. This is yeah. what, 96? 95. 95, yeah. okay. Um, because you have Schwarzenegger doing Mr. Freeze mm-hmm. in, in Batman and Robin. You have still, like, so they're like trying to. They're trying to ca- latch on to trends. Right, yeah. and it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, they're, they're bad fits for this kind of thing because they just they overpower the property. Mm hmm by virtue of who they are. I can't buy Stallone as Judge Dredd at all because he's just Stallone all the time. I like that he's dressed as Judge Dredd for 
like 20 minutes oh, and, and then, then he's we got to get like, that mask no, off him. it's just now i want to be stallone and even versus like carl he, urban who never once takes it off yeah and then like when the vhs came out of judge dread it wasn't even him in the costume it's anymore he's just him like, on the just dvd him cover on, as yeah, well yeah, yeah just stallone yeah it is goofy mid-90s cheese cheese i miss yes. hollywood pictures so much uh definitely entertaining but not great um, right for me right uh my turn <laughs> Yep. We already did Schwarzenegger. Okay. Uh, okay, Jet Li. Ah. Had a hard time with Jet Li because obviously there are a ton of Jet Li movies from China that I never saw. I'm the same way, yeah. I went with a movie called The Defender. Uh, that a, was a blockbuster exclusive really? when they imported it over. My yeah. non-anamorphic DVD that I got by accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, there used to be a place called Go Hastings. Where when I first started Heavy Action, I started ordering all these used DVDs of action movies because yeah. they were like a dollar twenty-five each, and so I had ordered the Dolph Lundgren, The Defender, because Heath had written a piece about it that made me want to see it. That's the one where Jerry Springer is like mm-hmm. in it, um, and they sent me the Jet Li, The Defender mm. instead. It was rectified after the fact, but they let me keep my one dollar Jet Li Defender there DVD. You go. Um, and it was one of these movies that, you know, Miramax, I think, put out when they started buying up the American rights to some of these movies. Yeah. Um, and it's weird because he's basically playing the bodyguard to this young woman uh, who people are trying to kill. And it has a lot of the same weird tonal inconsistencies as something like Romeo Must Die, where it's like really violent but then you have these characters who are just broad comic relief mm. it's exacerbated by a lot of the terrible dubbing that's done in this miramax version yeah. um which is the only one i've seen but it's a pretty badass movie and it's fascinating to me that they cast jet lee and then he does little to no martial arts it's basically a movie where people shoot each other <laughs> like, that's how war was also yeah like yeah. why do we have this guy who's amazing at martial arts and then just have him shoot people yeah but by the way shooting people might as well be his martial arts ability because yeah. he can kill 15 people at once with a little handgun yeah um so that's impressive it's just a, it's a cool little movie i you know I thought about going with Unleashed, but I didn't feel like rewatching Unleashed. I forgot Unleashed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Unleashed is Unleashed. I kept thinking, like, Danny the Dog and Unleashed are two different movies. They but are they not. the same movie. They are not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, anyway, that's that's my pick. Um, okay. So, I, with the exception of Hero, I don't have much history with Jet Li's uh, non-American films. Um I feel bad about that. Hero is like not really my thing, just because I'm not like it's always not totally into like either. historical martial arts. Um, I, don't I love like the wuxia movies either. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad. I mean, Crouching Tiger is good, but anyways, um, if I want wire foo, I'll go to Romeo Must mm. Die. Thank you very much. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> but I, uh, <laughs> it's like the problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk action movies all day. So, Crouching Tiger, Hidden yeah, Dragon, yeah. a lot of wire foo. Yeah, does not bother me. Yeah. The problem with Romeo must exactly. The yeah. problem with Romeo must die is that it wants to be real, and it only adds in one extra move. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like I totally know what you he mean. does two things in the air, and you're like, yeah, if he would just land, I would buy that. But there's always one extra thing where, like, nope, that's not physically possible yeah. to do what he just did. So it calls attention to the the fakeness of it, and yeah. that sucks. Um, 
So my pick is, uh, and by the way, Jet Li is the one of these 10 Jet action Li is stars. the one. <laughs> <laughs> wow, look at that. Um, Jet Li is the actor of these 10 that I think I grew an appreciation for over during this experiment. Okay. Um, because I was always kind of like, whatever, on Jet Li. Um, I was just always like, yeah, he's the guy who got beat up by Rene Russo in Lethal Weapon 4 with her purse. That movie did not do him any favors no, in terms of introducing him to America. No, it didn't. Um, so the movie I picked is one that I hadn't seen in, since its original release, but I liked it then and I love it now. Yeah. Um, and it's it was made in reaction to his fans saying, we want you to do real martial arts. Right, right, Stop right. doing this wire foo stuff like right. in Romeo Must Die in the One. So um, my pick is Kiss of the Dragon. Good pick. Kiss of the Dragon is... <laughs> Isn't that a Luc Besson presents? He yeah, it's one of his like best presents ever. <laughs> um, it's directed by this guy Chris Nahan. Okay, and I remember I made a bet with somebody that Chris Nahan would have a bigger career than Chris Nolan. <laughs> How did that pan out? I lost the guy's number, and I never, <laughs> I never paid him. Um, so I was like, by end of graduation, yeah, like I will. And then by that point, I like, I think I deactivated for my fraternity <laughs> just to not, just to welch on this bed. Um, but uh, yeah, so Kiss of the Dragon is like a really ugly movie because there's a lot of like girls being drugged and women in peril and like you and i talked about this over the weekend where bridget fonda plays like a drugged out prostitute that's under you know duress uh and has her daughter held hostage and stuff like that and then it's like really ugly and it's her last movie that she did and it just is makes me feel bad it's like this and monkey bone right yeah yeah it's like just makes me feel bad it's but no way to end if you could turn a blind eye to that, because I think she's actually good in the movie when she given just, moments to act. It just sucks how often yeah. actresses have to play strippers and prostitutes. Yeah. I think the action sequences in this movie are incredible. Yes. And there's a lot of them. Yep. And they're long. Yeah. They're like 10 minutes a piece. There's and like that whole kitchen fight, right? There's the kitchen fight where like he's throwing grenades and hampers yeah. and stuff like or laundry chutes and then there's one on a boat and then there's one in a in the restaurant where he's hiding out and then there's that whole thing like at the police headquarters where it's like multiple fights with like the identical it. twin giants and oh stuff. yes and then oh my um, gosh i'm rewatching this tonight it's amazing <laughs> and then the villain in that movie is so fun it's checky carrier right? yeah and he's just like playing it to the hill it's like yeah. gary oldman in the professional right right crazy. right, right. Um, and like it's so violent and like hardcore and he's got this great like bracelet of like pins that can either um paralyze you or put you to sleep or make your make eyes all, bleed make apparently your eyes and right. nose bleed and stuff and yeah i mean like it's proof positive that jet Li is a crazy badass and yeah it's awesome and yeah. i think like it's also one of his movies kind of similar to like Van Damme and Nowhere to Run and stuff where he's really likable as a dramatic mm -hmm. actor because he mm -hmm. has a, a bunch of scenes where he um, is interplaying with Bridget Fonda and they kind of have a sweet relationship mm -hmm. with each other and he handles the drama scenes really well. But um, I mean, this is totally like... I mean, they're playing like NERD music and stuff, and he's like, 
there's there's a part in mystical and stuff like that and i'm just like i'm home <laughs> so uh kiss of the dragon was one that i once i rewatched it, i'm just like i'm gonna be watching this a lot more yeah. often than i have been it's uh it's probably my favorite jet lee movie okay yeah yeah, early 2000s were a fascinating time for action movies, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We talked about it a little bit when we were talking about Romeo Must Die. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to rewatch Cradle to the Grave yeah, prior to this. I haven't rewatched it yet. But because I was like, well, maybe that'll be my pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went with The Defender. I got to ask you something. So in um, Romeo Must Die, you know the part where DMX is like... <laughs> a DJ? Well, they're they're about to have the fight. It's the yeah. later scene, okay, where they're about to have the fight, and then he comes out and he starts shooting yeah. in his own club. Yes, and then does it was it just me or was there like he he'll say like a line and then he'll pause and then you'll have the line in your head, but then he just like goes off on this weird <laughs> tangent. So he's just like, guns don't kill people. It's the military industrial complex yes. that kills people, and you're just like that doesn't flow. No. Or he'll just be like, no. he's just like, when these guns go off. You better get out of here because it's a public safety violation. You could get fined. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> he would, of course, go on to be a decent action hero yeah. in Exit Wounds and uh, Cradle to the Grave. But yeah, yeah, he's I mean, for a rapper turned actor, I think like and I mean, those movies ask a lot of him. Yeah. And he's fine. Yeah, he's yeah. good. Yeah. 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 Um, is it my pick? No. Uh, so it's my pick. So yeah. we're left with we got two more. Yeah, we don't have to blind pick. We can just uh, let's... no. We got three more. Got oh. three more. So um, I'm gonna go with Bruce Willis. All right, Bruno. So um, Bruce Willis is another tough one yeah, because I didn't know that. I thought he was have like a gem like hidden throughout his filmography, but no. most of those are dramas and things like that. And I couldn't pick Disney's The Kid, and that made me sad. Well, and the majority of his action output these days is A, bad. And he's B, bad in he's it. barely in it. Yeah. It's like three scenes, yeah. because then he can sell the movie overseas in particular. Yeah. And C, he's sleepwalking. Yeah. So, so you can't I, really pick any of these new movies. Yeah, so I almost picked Hostage, but then I couldn't bring myself to rewatch <laughs> Hostage. So I, uh, I let that rental expire. <laughs> oh, damn it. Um, and then I... I checked in with you and I said, is Die Hard 2 underrated? And <laughs> You guys should be reading our texts yeah. throughout the week. And you basically were, I, and then I remembered, I'm like, well, I'm giving him passing That's 57, right. so I'm taking Die Hard 2. Here's the thing with Die Hard 2. Nobody has the right opinion other than me and you about <laughs> Die Hard 2. <laughs> Either people like it way too much yeah. or don't like it enough. People hate it. The people who hate it are absolutely wrong. I don't get it. And I want to know what action movies they're watching that are so much better than Die Hard 2. Because I think Die Hard 2 is like a B plus and like a really good yeah. B plus. The uh, general consensus is yeah. that With a Vengeance is superior. The people... All right. I won't, I won't, I'm not... I don't want to make... What is that? Pejorative word? What is that thing? I don't know. You know, you're just like making a broad generalization. Okay, yeah. So I don't want to make a broad generalization, but I'm going to make a broad generalization. <laughs> so if you like Die Hard with a Vengeance more than Die Hard 2, or if you think it's the second best Die Hard movie, more often than not, when I've talked to those people, they just go, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Sam Jackson. And that's their defense. Yeah, no. And I'm just like, no, that's like the movie where it falls apart exactly. like halfway through. Die Hard 2 has problems with a lot of like callbacks to the first one and yeah. it's kind of like annoying, but there's so much in it that is like well the action is great. Yep. 
it's Rennie Harlan, like, long kiss goodnight, die hard too. Like, he knows his way around an action movie. He knows what he's doing. And he's, like, hungry because it's, like, his big sh- his big yeah. chance. Like, off of Nightmare on Elm Street 4. He's and got this in like Ford that. Fairlane in the same year. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I mean, Bruce Willis is still the regular guy in this one for the yeah. most part. Yes. Um, he... The the villains are. It's like they knew that they couldn't capture lightning in a bottle again mm-hmm. with Alan Rickman, so they were just like, "Well, we'll just give you like tons of cool right. little villains and stuff like right. that." I think William Sadler's really good in it. I think he's a really fun villain. John Amos is awesome. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you look is like a character actor you like. I mean, you got Dennis Franz or Fred <laughs> Dalton Thompson or mm-hmm. like Art Evans and stuff like that. And it's just, I, I, I really dig it. And I think there's some really cool action scenes, like all the shit with like the 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 jet skis or what are they calling them? The snowmobiles. The snowmobiles. And that's a cool reveal. Yeah, too. with like the blanks right. and all that shit. And like the, st- I, I, I think I like it more than you do the ejector seat. Like, yeah, I mean, that's one of those moments. Not that Die Hard is like yeah. so grounded and believable but that's one of those moments where it's like okay we're yeah. stretching it pretty far now <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's like, not quite hanging onto the wing of an airplane but no. uh the, the, the stuff that they do to kill off the villains at the end is fucking awesome oh yeah um i'm not a fan of a couple of things in the movie um i really could do without the william atherton stuff well, that's um, right. We got to bring the band back. So. Yeah, I could do without that. I definitely could do without the plane crash in the middle of the movie mm-hmm. because they do a thing where they're just like, it's not only yeah. that the plane's going to crash, but let's see the pilots and let's see all the passengers yes. and stuff like that. I'm yes. just like, yeah, way too you much. Just, like, and isn't Cole Meany flying yeah, that plane? Yeah, yeah, he's the pilot and stuff. And then, uh, but um, I think like. I, I can't wrap my head around people who think it's the best one. Like, I remember Siskel and Ebert were saying, like, how it was such an improvement over the original, and I was, like, That's shaking my head. bananas, right. And then, um, but if people hate Die Hard 2, I wonder if they've even seen 4 and 5. Drew McWeeny, I want to say, is one of those guys who hates 2. Okay. And I don't remember why, so yeah. it might be worth investigating. Okay. Um, yeah, for me, Die Hard is like textbook, like Lethal Weapon. It's textbook diminishing returns. Yeah. Um, and Die Hard 2 is about as good as Lethal Weapon 2, you know? Yep. And neither one is as good as the first one. Yeah. Um, There's something nice to it just about like an action movie that is just a well-oiled machine. Yeah. And that's what Die Hard 2 is. Like everybody who made it is like the top craftsman right. of that kind of action cinema. And it just all worked just together. And I, and another movie where, you know, the star doesn't like the movie. I know Bruce Willis does not like really? Die Hard too. Why? So, Cause he thinks it repeats the first one. I mean, it basically does, but so it does, do, it does every action movie sequel. I like, think it's, I think, all right. So they have this like most recently with star Wars where people were like, pissy about like the force awakens sure star wars and everything like that okay the thing i always say to that is just like if it's something that works and you like it it's okay to basically be a copy but a little different of that thing as long as it's the same franchise like i'm fine with that like I, of course it doesn't always work because you got like the hangover but guess what hangover fans the first one's not good either i'm sorry <laughs> um but like with Die Hard 2 it's like you reinvented action cinema right you can do it again it's fine and they changed just enough stuff it's i mean there's a lot of 
geography. Well, so that's what I was going to say is yeah. I like that Die Hard 2 opens it up yeah. a little, yeah. but still confines it to the airport. Because one of my issues with Die Hard with a Vengeance mm-hmm. is... Oh, it's all of New York. You know, again, the appeal of Die Hard is you're stuck in one place, which is why every Die Hard ripoff you characterize as like, it's Die Hard in a mall. It's Die Hard on a plane, whatever. Um, When it becomes uh, Die Hard in all of New York, it doesn't feel like Die Hard as much. And I understand they can't always contain John McClane to this one place, but the airport opens it up enough while Mm -hmm. still confining him to a sort of a set of boundaries, which I like. Uh, one thing, though, that gets in the way of my enjoyment for a few minutes every time I watch Die Hard 2 is, you know, the scene where he sends the fingerprints to to Reginald Vell Johnson yes. through the fax machine at the budget rent-a-car counter and the Just budget the rent-a-car girl. The budget rent-a-car girl hits on him. Yeah. I want him to run off with her <laughs> because I know where Bonnie Bedelia and him are going to lead. Good point. And I want... which. I'm sorry, I I'm not a fan of that because he saved her life twice. Right. Like, and then like that's another thing with Die Hard with a Vengeance. You no, turned him into like a fucking drunk yeah. and like an asshole. Like, yeah. why is? It? Anyways, but I want it to be like Dream Lover, but it's like Budget <laughs> Lover. Like, I want to see him yeah. just be like, like it's like you could do a choose your own adventure. I want to see them go off have an affair. <laughs> Yeah. Like if Listen, they I'm into it. Like if they just if he went off and just had an affair with the budget rent a car girl and the people just you know obeyed the demands of the terrorists mm-hmm. I don't think like as many people would have died <laughs> <laughs> in too. Like, Definitely not the terrorists. Like let's they den- would still be alive to be terrorists. Yeah. And like what was Esperanza's big thing? He wanted to sell cocaine, so yeah. what just don't buy it. <laughs> Free market. Yeah, free market. Come on. Uh, my pick for Bruce Willis, again, this was a challenging one. I yeah. thought about Last Man Standing, and then I was like, I don't know, can a Walter Hill movie really yeah. be underrated? I, um, can, I think that one could be. Yeah. Anyway, I went with 16 Blocks, Yeah. which I had not seen since the theater. I saw it once. And yeah. I rewatched it, and it's good. It's, Is I re- it? Yeah. I okay. mean, it's, it feels, again, it's, it's not as much of an action movie, once again. Um it's much more of it feels like it's right out of the 1970s basically Is he a hostage negotiator in that one too He's not he's just a cop okay. um whose job is to get most deaf 16 blocks in a couple of hours for a court appearance Okay Most deaf makes some very specific choices yeah, in how he performs the yeah. part It it won me over by the end Okay um but there were times where I'm like oh, you're really doing a thing here you're really <laughs> doing a character part yeah. um but again, Richard Donner, just no bullshit, you know, and mm-hmm. that's Richard Donner is, I think, a little bit underrated in terms of that uh, because he's just a, a type of filmmaker that we don't really have anymore. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think the movie feels kind of out of the 70s. It feels like something like the original taking of Pelham 123 or something mm-hmm. where you have a very flawed hero. You have uh, a specific sense of location. You have uh, more of a kind of a drama than it is an action movie, mm-hmm. but there's enough action in it. Um, I think it's really solid. I mean, it's not a movie that I'm going to be shouting for everyone to champion, but it was. I was very pleasantly surprised returning to it because I remember liking it enough but forgetting yeah. it. Okay. Uh, and so going back to it was 
I think this is an example of a movie that I think I liked more this time. Cool. Yeah, I feel uh, like rewatching it. I haven't seen it since video. And Bruce Willis so. is not sleeping in it, you know? Good. And it's rare to see that anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. It seems like when he gets the right director, he, like, will pay He's basically said as much. Yeah. Like, he won't. <laughs> Uh, try if he doesn't have a director he doesn't respect it's even funnier when like one thinks that he they that bruce willis does respect him like i remember eli roth was just like i got bruce on this one i haven't seen death wish Wish, and i was just like trust me you did not you did not get bruce on this one um okay two more so two more um let's do jackie jackie chan yeah okay so uh you go first. Oh, I go first. Yeah. This was another hard one for me. Yeah. I didn't have time to revisit as many Jackie Chan movies as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. I went with Mr. Nice Guy, okay. um, which I didn't even get to rewatch the whole thing. Yeah. But this came from that period of Jackie's movies starting to be released here in the United States. They weren't yet American movies. Yeah. This really, was like but his like, minor league period before right, he got his right after chance like, in the show. Rumble yeah. in the Bronx. Um, Super Cop. Right. New Line and Miramax both yeah. started buying up the rights yeah. to some of these Jackie Chan movies mm-hmm. and putting them out. And uh, and so this is, you know, post-Rumble in the Bronx, but it's just not a movie that gets talked about very much. And Jackie Chan is just super entertaining. I just yeah. love his worried face during every action scene. <laughs> like, especially yeah. watching as many action movies as we have where everyone's just a grim, serious badass all the time, capable of, you know, anything. Mm. To watch Jackie Chan just, like, try not to get in fights. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, he's just so much fun to watch. And the movies surrounding the fights are, like, almost shockingly bad it's like yeah it's like watching an episode of power rangers with like the degree of overacting from everyone involved did he the, direct it or was that uh, like a stanley kong i want to say i want to say it was sammo hung but i could be wrong okay i will look it up while we're talking about it but there's just a couple scenes that yeah the same with almost any jackie chan movie there's a handful of scenes that just will always make it worth watching yeah um so it's it's a fun one that That's I don't cool. hear talked about that much. I yeah. feel like that period we kind of talk about Rumble in the Bronx and not much else. Right, right. Yeah, my my pick is also from that period. Yeah. Um, it was the one that they released theatrically right before Mr. Nice Guy. It was Operation Condor. Which so, I haven't seen. Um, just quick note of correction. Well, it's not correction. Mr. Nice Guy directed by Sam Mahong. Okay. From Martial Law? From Martial Law, the very same. Yeah. That came after he Rush made, Hour. Right? Uh, what the hell is that movie? Enter the Fat Dragon, which I still haven't seen, but I've seen the trailer, and I want to see Enter the Fat Dragon so bad, but okay. it's kind of hard to come by. I feel like with you watching, like, My Name is Bruce or whatever, that, what's that, is it called My Name is Bruce? Yeah, they call me Bruce. Oh, they call me Bruce. My Name is yeah. Bruce is Bruce Campbell. Yeah, that's right. They call me Bruce is the... Yeah, I feel like you need to watch I Am Fat Dragon. I want to see Enter yeah. the Fat Dragon. I can't get a copy of it. Um... Yeah, so Operation Condor, I know it was Armor of Gar- God 2, Operation okay. Condor, but I always knew it from, like, the Dimension Cut to Pieces version. Right. Um, I might have it on, like, a four-pack. Okay. I need to investigate. Yeah, I love Operation Condor. <laughs> like, I saw it uh, when it came out, and it was, like, just a perfect summer afternoon movie, and I uh, I was really in the bag for, like... Like, Rumble in the Bronx I thought was good, but, like, I really loved Super Cop, and then First Strike was the one where it, like, really clicked for me. Okay. 
And then Operation Condor came after it. And the thing I remember the most about Operation Condor was how many times I watched it off stars. <laughs> and I had a VHS, like, a, you know those JVC VHSs where mm-hmm. you can, like, tape stuff off cable? Yeah. I had a JVC VHS, and it this is this was the greatest JVC VHS. I took it with me to Hawaii because I knew the hotel room was going to have a VCR. <laughs> it had Operation Condor. Free Willy 3 The Rescue and Spawn. And I just watched that over wow. and over again really? during my trip. Yeah. Um, Operation Condor is great. It's got like crappy, awesome musical score. It's got great stunts and fight scenes. I tweeted that when I was watching it this last time that it's a lot like Three's Company, but like with fighting. I like it. Um, there it. is. The opening credits look like a Sega CD game. It's awesome. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just, it reminded me almost of like the Phantom in a way where it's like yeah. this desert adventure movie. And um, there's some weird shit in it. Like a lot of women get hit and I mm-hmm. wasn't like expecting that. I mm-hmm. didn't remember that, but like, yeah, it's kind of weird, but um yeah, I mean, like, if you're looking for, like, just kind of a fun Jackie Chan movie, he was directing this one, and he definitely, like, really puts 110% into it. Nice. So I, I, I had a good time with it. All right. I'm into it. All right. Last but not least, Dolph Lundgren. DL. And I don't, I don't have a big history with Dolph Lundgren. I haven't seen almost any of his movies except for, like, the biggest ones. So um, one that I've always loved... I don't think gets enough press. <laughs> I don't think gets enough props is what I think is one of the best canon movies. Okay. And I Might think it's take it. <laughs> And that's Masters of the Universe. All right. uh, Masters of the Universe was one of my first like movie crushes when I was like 5 years old. All right. Um it was very important to me. I got like the theatrical poster through like a Nabisco trade-in. <laughs> and I remember waiting for weeks and then like I put it up on my wall and then nice. it's just like a five-year-old just gawking at like a sweaty man, <laughs> uh, and I'm just like, whoa! Uh, but I but lo- that was during your big Frank Langella period, right? <laughs> Frank Langella is amazing in this movie. He's Frank Lange- He's trying. There's so many scenes in this movie that I didn't remember where people will look directly at the camera oh and say something like woman at arms or like oh, I don't Frank Langella that. will like talk to the camera a bunch of times and I mean it definitely predates like yeah. Batman in terms of yeah. let's take a great respected actor and cast him as the bad guy in this movie I mean he, Max von Sydow kind of does it in Flash Gordon yeah he gives it his all though. he does for sure um and it reminded me a lot of like Ninja Turtles one where it's like this is the pos- best possible version sure. of this movie and I I mean like obviously it's all Awesome because Ryan Johnson just did like the same set for The Last Jedi. I'm not, I, I don't know if that's true, but it looked like Masters of the Universe set, and I was so excited. Well, part, part of my issue with it the last time I watched it, which was a couple of years ago, yeah. was like it does what so many of these movies do, which is like, well, we don't have the budget to set this whole movie in Eternia. Yeah. So uh, they go to LA. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to watch a movie where He Man runs around Los Angeles. You don't want to see like man at arms eating ribs in a right. bush. <laughs> set it in Eternia. That's yeah. why I'm here. Like, to see this shit done live action. Some of the stuff I'm always going to remember, because this was like a big movie for me when I was growing up, is uh, one, well, on the most recent watch, 
Bill Conti's score is so much better than this movie <laughs> deserves. It's like one of the best scores have, I've ever a heard. A couple canon movies have yeah. that, by the way. It's crazy. Um, but I remember, like, I was a big Beast Man guy, and I remember thinking, like, Beast Man was so scary in this. Like, this movie for, like, a kid's movie is pretty intense at times. Well, There's we've talked about, of, like, Courtney Cox's leg wound before. Her pizza leg, yeah. And how it scarred That's both gross. of us. Yeah. Why, though, do they... I mean, obviously, we just need to do an entire Masters of the Universe episode. Why... Mm -hmm. In bringing Masters of the Universe to the screen, do they just invent two new characters um, as henchmen? Oh, we get Beastman, oh, we get I, Evil I Lynn, the and I, then we get. I know the answer to this. I know the answer to this. So the the toy Three company actually right. Well, Karg is new, and then there was some kind of like like. There's Eye Patch Man, Eye Patch Man, Karg, who's like Kellyanne Conway. And right. There's um, <laughs> and then there's Helmet Dude. Helmet Dude. Oh, I when um. <laughs> <laughs> I I gave nicknames for all these people when the this administration took office. Eye Patch Man <laughs> is Mike Pence because he looks like S and M. Um, the Predator dude is Paul Ryan. Okay, because they've got similar build and right. they also lie about their race time. Carg um, <laughs> is Kellyanne Conway because she fucking like she oh looks like God. a less hot Carg. <laughs> And Beast Man was Steve Bannon, except he nice. was better looking than yeah, Steve Bannon. Oh, no, for sure. Um, oh, by the way, also in Nowhere to Run, there's a henchman that looks like Donald Trump and he gets kicked by a horse in the face. I'm into it. And I was so yeah. like, yeah, I was up, really man. excited. Um, so, um, yeah, and then um, with uh, Masters of the Universe also used to scare the shit out of me because... You remember, like at the end, after the post credit or the post credit scene, where his Skeletor's head comes up and yeah. says, "I'll be back." They also invented that, so they invented Batman '89 yeah. and Marvel, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember running out of the room crying when that <laughs> happened because wow. I wasn't. Turns used out he to was seeing, not back. I wasn't used to seeing Skeletor with his hood off, right? And when I saw that he was bald, I saw into my future <laughs> that I'm just going to be a bald skeleton one day in a pit of lava. I hope so. <laughs> You know what, though? Like, if I have to fall into a pit of lava, yeah. I want you to push me in oh, there. Oh, listen, you got a deal. Thank you. <laughs> also, another thing this movie invented is there's so many movies, like, of this ilk where somebody falls into a pit or off a building. Yes. Dick Tracy, Batman. Oh, for a long time, yeah. the only way you killed your action villain was uh, dropping him from a high place. Yes. Um, Die Hard does it. RoboCop does it. Yes. To answer your question about the why are there invented characters? Yes. Um, the toy company said that they could not kill off any character that was a toy. Got it. So they had to create new characters to kill off. Got it. Yeah. Interesting. It's a good movie. Have you watched that canon documentary where yeah. they tell the story yeah. about like not being able to finish the movie? Yeah, and they had to shoot it like in a garage yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. It's fascinating. There's a whole documentary being made about not just the movie, but possibly just about Masters of the Universe. Yeah. And I think there's a big section okay. on the movie, which will be interesting. I do think it's kind of funny that the attorney said is so, like, illogical. Because, like, say you're a guard in Eternia and stuff like that. Like, if you don't turn the lights on, you might fall into the <laughs> into the pit. Why it's weird like to see... Like, if you see, get there uh, at 7, but, like, nobody else shows up at 7.30, and you're just like, oh, no. Who is the character that Christina Pickles is playing? The Empress? Is that what she's called? No. That's Sorceress. Nobody. Sorceress. Yeah. It's weird to see, because she's, like, yeah. Ross and Rachel's mom on Oh, yeah. Friends, I remember her right? from, like, Wedding Singer. She was and, Drew Barrymore's uh, mom. Oh, I don't even remember that. Yeah. Um, 
Gwildor is terrible. Yeah, he's no Orko. Right? Why not just, you have an Orko? Like, I don't think they, do maybe Orko. they couldn't do the special effect. Of him flying? Yeah. Then just let him walk around and be like, I don't know, Orko walks in this one. Two other things I noticed this watch of Masters of the Universe. One is, so like, they go through the Stargate to LA. <laughs> now I want to watch Stargate. Yeah, so they go through the Stargate to LA and they've got like these floating like... yeah stages right. where Skeletor is sitting on it and stuff like that and like nobody in this downtown area like wakes up and is just like what the fuck is right. going on right. down there I thought that was funny and then also um, James Tolkien is there for like 10 minutes mm-hmm. after the fight's over and he's already like got a woman yeah and he's like got all that figured that's out that's pretty funny though yeah, just I think his whole really thing funny. about like he's gonna stay in eternity. he's just like I got a lot of great shit here yeah man. right yeah I like aspire to this <laughs> Um, <laughs> and I love the synthesizer, like the music it plays. Oh it's gosh. just fucking awesome, man. Such a movie. This movie's so good. I do like Chelsea Field because I yeah. always like Chelsea Field, yeah. and she keeps showing up in stuff I'm watching lately because I just rewatched Extreme Justice after me and Stephanie talked about it. She's in that, and then the other night, Last Boy Scout came on, and I, yeah. so I was watching that. And I was like Chelsea Field. Um, so I'm just always happy to see her show up in anything my Dolph pick is far less interesting we should, probably should have ended with you talking about masters masters okay. of the universe because mine is very uninteresting um because it is a movie called command performance mm-hmm. and it is yet another diehard ripoff except it's diehard in a concert hall and mm-hmm. it is uh directed by Dolph lundgren and what is it from possibly co-written uh, like 2009. Oh, okay. It's yeah, it's fairly recent and it at least has the courtesy to also be set in Russia mm-hmm. um, because all these movies are shot basically in Eastern Europe and feature Eastern European villains and Eastern European locations, but then try to lie about where they take place. Yeah. This one says, no, they're doing a concert in Russia and some bad guys try to take over and Lundgren plays the drums a lot, which is fun because he's just such a fucking renaissance man. Like yeah. he's fascinating. Every time you learn about some new ability that Dolph Lundgren has, you're yeah. like, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I feel like I have five or six Dolph Lundgren movies I could recommend okay. to you. Um, I'm game. You've seen I Come in Peace. Yeah. You've seen Showdown in Little Tokyo. Yeah. Okay. Those are good starters. Um, they should do thirty-two short stories about Glenn Gould, but with uh, Dolph but with Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, I would I would one hundred percent be into it because again, much like the Fast and Furious franchise, um, he's trying to murder everyone in the Expendables, mm-hmm. and then in Expendables Two, he's part of the team, but he's yeah. like the best part of the team in Expendables Two. He's yeah. the most entertaining, minus Van Dam. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so what's hilarious about this movie is that it is filled with wall-to-wall terrible music. Because Dolph Lundgren is playing drums in like a sort of a hair metal band. Okay. And they're opening for what is the equivalent of like um, the little girl with the big eyelashes. Um, Katy Perry? No. Oh, my God. Uh, People got like murdered at her concert. Um, Do you know who I'm talking about? Why can't I think of her name right now? Like the American Idol girl? 
Or what? Or no, no. No, I'm thinking of something. She's a very famous singer right now, and I can't come up with her name. Oh, Ariana Grande. Yes. Okay. Her whole thing is like, I look 12, and I'm a sex kitten. Like, stop it. Yeah. So people got murdered at her concert, and it was horrible because I was watching Command Performance, and there is a scene where these terrorists break into this concert hall yeah. and just start mowing people down with a machine gun. Yeah. And I don't know if I could do it. I then. was so much more sensitive to something like that, sure. given the events of the last few years, where I was like, God, I've been desensitized in so many ways because of action movies, but then. And the world becomes this, and mm. now it's like, oh God, I can't watch it. Yeah, um, I'm much more aware of like innocent people being killed in action movies now. Where I'm like, you know, that's really not necessary. You don't have to just murder the innocent people. Yeah, I was hyper attuned <laughs> to stuff like that when I was a kid too. Like yeah. I remember, especially in like Passenger Fifty Seven. Remember, like when he puts that guy with a gun to his head and he says, like, "Do you, I have a daughter? Yeah, like, don't do that." Yeah. And I'm just like, "No, don't." Put right, that in there. Right. Like, anyway, so the, the, the yeah. Ariana Grande sort of yeah. stand in is this girl who was like on a, a reality show in real life. She was like on a reality show to be a pussycat doll. Mm. That was like a show like you want to be the next pussycat doll. And she was one of the finalists. And now she's in command performance playing essentially Ariana Grande. So you have this bad hair metal. And then her bad pop music. And on no planet Mm -hmm. would this hair metal band be opening for this enormous pop star. I don't know why they try to convince us. And then she's like like a jingle bash. She (laughs) wants to like, she's way too quick to like want to fuck Dolph Lundgren, even though he's maybe three times her age. (laughs) And there's a lot of him just being like rock and roll, um, which is kind of hilarious. But it's fun and stupid and he directs it well and yeah. uh it's unnecessarily violent which okay. i enjoy minus the scene where the innocent people are being shot sure i enjoy sometimes the over-the-top nature of the violence in these movies yeah um so i like it again his i, I watched a few of his kind of uh later films because he's got a he made one with steven seagal or not steven seagal uh, Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin that's decent called The Package. Okay. Um I watched a few of his uh and I, I settled on command performance. Gotcha. Well, I will find out when the timestamps are of the terrorist scenes yeah. and skip them. It's really just the one okay. scene that you can okay. kind of just fast forward because yeah. it's a bummer. You know who we forgot that I'm just gonna throw out there right now? Yeah. Uh, the Rock. I know you're not a huge know, rock fan, but what would be I'm your pick? Kind of getting but it depends. I go movie to movie almost with the rock. Sure. Sometimes I get really mad at him. Though. Sure. Um, but uh, my rock pick, because I did think of this. I think I didn't look at his filmography, but I probably would go with Walking Tall. I would go with Walking Tall as well. Walking Tall is like seventy-five minutes of just delightfulness, amazingly entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, kind of to your point about the Southern action movie. I don't even know if it takes place in the South, but it might as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's literally just. Mm-hmm. 80 minutes of him beating people up i do like the, the so fun i remember there was a scene where he's in a courtroom and he's like people in this town used to walk tall and like me and my friend chris <laughs> were like yeah because it was like a tuesday night in barrington and no i one saw it i think there. opening night and yeah. i was like this movie is exactly what i wanted yeah i know yeah. people love the rundown i'm not as I'm not high on the rundown big on the rundown yeah there's things in it that i like but i'm not quite as high on it walking tall is way more my jam yeah, Walking Tall was the first rock movie that I really dug. Yeah. And yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I, I do kind of feel like watching it now. So again, you 
guys can name your picks in the comments. Especially or... if there's actors that we did not mention. Or yeah, well, that was, so that's or what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, throw out some more stars and we can do this again. We know mm-hmm. that we missed a couple and we named a few that we overlooked at the beginning of the show. But if there are yeah. other actors who you would like to hear us do this about. Yeah. I quite know. enjoyed this. And I thought I was kind of burnt out on action movies but literally every movie you talked about i was like i'm gonna watch that tonight and that's, awesome. I, that's not possible but yeah. i want to try that's because... awesome yeah i definitely need to see a bunch that you named on your list and yeah. uh yeah it's action movies are fun i love them i miss these kinds of action movies me too let's bring them back how word of mouth <laughs> <laughs> with shows like this everyone. um i think petitions work <laughs> don't they always work i believe so oh yeah i believe can uh, we kickstart something sure all right yeah we're gonna crowdfund a movie with all of these stars mm-hmm. and it will be not be the expendables because yeah. if you combine those three movies there's a good movie mm-hmm. like aspects of each of the three if you could I, Voltron each of them, you could make one really good Expendables movie, I think. The only Expendables movie I outright don't like is the first one. And I think like the other two are, are just what I need. They're okay. not great, but I think I like them more than you They're do. mixed bags. I think one has the right idea a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I don't know. Um, Drummers in the house. <laughs> Drummers in the house is good. Drummers in the my house. Favorite, my favorite... Um, <laughs> expendables line or moment and i'm gonna paraphrase this one you see one scene where mickey rourke has like this girl that just walks in yes. and they're like dating and he like smacks her butt and then like the next scene he's just like she broke up with me <laughs> and, then, and then he's just like stallone's basically just like are you okay and he's just like i'm gonna make this guitar then I'm going to smash it. And right. I'm just like, oh, you bruised angel. <laughs> and his whole participation is just weird. A, because he was never an action hero. No. And B, his whole thing is just like, I'm going to sit this one out, guys. <laughs> like, then why are you here? Well, it's just like, yeah, it came off of The Wrestler and he's just like, don't you know I'm a dramatic actor right. and stuff right. like that? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, uh, thank you guys very much yeah, for thank listening. You. Thanks, Adam, for watching all these movies. Absolutely. Yeah. It gave, like I told you before we rolled, it gave me a whole new appreciation for what you and Mike do every October with, <laughs> a, with a horror franchise. So, yeah. Oof. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm already thinking about that for next year, or Woo-hoo! this year, rather. It's only a few months away now. Not necessarily this year, but you guys should do Jaws. Yeah. At some point. I know we still have Phantasm and Jaws. There's like four good movies in Jaws. Uh, yeah. And they're all from Jaws. Not two, three, <laughs> or four. <laughs> it's worth four good movies. Anyway, thank you guys very much for listening. We will see you next week. All right. Don't say goodbye. Say good journey. Thanks for listening to FS Movie.